Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. This is the Ribs and BK Podcast on 101 ESPN. But the way we have originally drawn this up, and again, this is subject a little bit to change now that the players are evaluating uh, different aspects of the proposal. Um, but with a, uh, a five-game play-in, uh, followed by a five-game best-of-five first round and best-of-five second round, we we could complete essentially the first half of the playoffs in in uh, under t- 30 days, uh, which would mean that if t- 24 teams are participating, we'd get 20 of those teams home uh, and the players back to their families within months' time. Alongside former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. No big deal. That was just NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly right here on Rivers and BK yesterday. If you missed the conversation, the full thing is on the podcast page, 101ESPN.com. It's 11.02. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I want to start with something positive today. Oh, hey. All right. I like this uh, this version of you. Because Major League Baseball is crumbling right before our very eyes. Yeah, sad. I don't want to talk about it yet. We'll All get right. into that coming up here in about 10 minutes. All right. Instead, I want to talk about how awesome this is going to be when we get sports back. Because, boy, is it going to be amazing. Jamie, I was sitting back thinking about this yesterday. You know I listened to some NBA podcasts, and they were talking about how this group stage idea could work if they decide to go that route, right? They're talking about you got four different groups, five teams in each group. So you got 20 teams in the playoffs, and they're each going to play basically a round robin within their group. So I was thinking about this, and I was saying to myself, Anthony Stalter is about to have a field day with some of this stuff. Oh, the if action. you've got four yeah, groups, yeah, yeah. five teams in each group, four games that need to be played, and they're going to do it twice, yeah, eight games for each team within these groups, you're going to be doing this like four, five, six games a day is going to be on national television for the NBA. And that's just the NBA. Then we had Bill Daly on yesterday, and he's telling us how they think they can get 20 teams up out of here in 30 days. Mm -hmm. I started doing the math in my head earlier today, Jamie. That's like 80-ish games that they're going to have to play in roughly 30 days. They're going to be putting two or three of these things on every night. They are going to have so many sports to be able to watch. And that's even without bringing up the fact that Major League Baseball will be back by then. Please, baseball, please don't screw this up. But baseball will probably be back by then as well. Imagine how many sports we are going to be able to watch 
come August, come late July, hopefully. It's going to be amazing. When these return, it's going to be absolutely incredible for your casual sports fan. This is going to be baseball, hockey, basketball overload. Honestly, it'll be so hard to keep track of all the storylines that are going on. And, And here's the thing is, never mind the scores and the winners and the losers of the game. With a condensed schedule, with a weird schedule the way it is, with quarantine or life in a bubble or whatever we're going to have, right? That's going to keep your interest as well. There's going to be so many other variables that come into this that you're not going to be able to turn it off. This is, in fact, probably the number one time in sports history where it's can't miss TV. Not because it's a big game. It's can't miss TV because you don't know what the hell's going to happen next. Everything's new. Everything's yeah. different, right? We've got new formats. There's a round robin that I don't like that you like. There's these play-in games that are going to be incredible to watch. I mean, the theater that we're going to see from some of those is going to be amazing. You'll have teams that thought their season was over that have literally nothing to lose. And what is the most dangerous thing in sports? It's playing the team with nothing to lose yeah. and everything on the line. Like, imagine the Blackhawks when they get into the postseason, given what they have on their team and some of the veterans that they have that have done this before. Are they the most talented, skilled team? No, of course not. We all know that. But they have nothing to lose when they get there. No. Throw everything at the wall, see what, see what sticks, and you're moving forward potentially when you thought your, your season was over three months ago. So that's on the line there. The NBA might have something completely different that we've never seen in a playoff format in North American sports with this group stage idea that I'm fascinated by, Frank. I don't mind it. I like it, you know. It was, I, I assume I haven't read deep, deep, deep into that thought yet, but I, I assume it would be round robin within a division, yep. two top teams in the group, yep. and they would have a crossover of some kind with. And then you move forward yeah. into your typical playoff format where you have eight teams that okay. remain, and now you're moving forward. You're basically into the second round of the playoffs whenever the group stage is completed. That'd be fun. You get more games as a result, so it serves as the de facto replacement for some of those regular season games that they missed. Mm -hmm. You bring more teams into the mix. You've got 20 instead of what is typically the 16 teams. And here's the other thing that I love about it. Instead of watching the Lakers versus some crappy team in the Western Conference for basically four straight nights, right? Because they're probably going to get a sweep. Maybe they play a five-game series. First round is kind of foregone conclusion in the NBA. Instead of seeing that, let's go down this. You'll have the Lakers against the Heat one night. The Lakers against the Rockets one night. The Lakers against the Magic. Then you've got the Lakers against the Pelicans. Then you get to do it all again. You get to see the Bucks versus the Jazz and the Sixers and the Grizzlies. Has that schedule been released? No, this is just kind of one idea of what it would be. I'm really into this, man. I'm excited I'm about all of this. I've gone such a deep dive at this point. <laughs> Treating it like it's real. This is a sickness, folks. <laughs> he got really into that. Can I just say this, too? I was thinking about this last night. This will never be repeated again. Now, unfortunately, if there's another pandemic, you well, might. let's hope not, but right? But moving forward, you're never going to see this again where you have every team in the playoff a hundred percent healthy. Like yeah. this, this will be the hardest trophy in every single sport, which is why I think when Shaq says there needs to be an asterisk next to it, it's a joke because every team, you know healthy, what I think of Shaq. Well, that's true. All you right. just want to punch him in the face. Just want, in if the you can reach lot. him, if in you the can parking reach him. lot, Shaq, bring it on. But that's the part that I'm, I'm all about. Like this is going to be the best postseason run for hockey and basketball because there's no 
there's no questioning them winning the trophy. It's going to be the hardest to go through every team because they're all healthy. What's going to be interesting to me is, as of right now, the NFL has functioned pretty normally, right? They they had their CBA agreed upon. They had their draft. They've had their free agency period. Looks like they're getting into their training facilities now. Based upon all of this shuffling around for the other sports, and baseball is to be determined yet, but still they're going to have some new ideas that they're going to have to use for at least this year. I wonder what football will do because I feel like the NFL owners can't just let it be. I feel like they're going to be ones going, we need to do something now with our sport to make it unique. Like we have to have a pandemic rule of some kind, even though they're like right now they're talking about like filling the stadiums anyways, and we're going to play and we don't care. I think that's what's going to be unique. Maybe that's their pandemic play. I don't know, but I feel like the NFL is going to want to dabble into some new rules or a new format or new playoff of some kind just to kind of keep up. So you know what's funny? The NFL's new idea, quote unquote, very well may be the NFL is going to look like the NFL of old. Like yeah. Everything that you expect from the NFL in typical seasons is going to be what it looks like this year, including maybe we'll see, but I wouldn't put it past them having fans in the oh, stands. They will. They and will. that's how they're going to separate themselves from Major League Baseball, from the NHL, from the NBA. They're all going to be quarantined in these bubbles. Meanwhile, the NFL is like, eh, screw it. We're just going to play these games. It's going to look like you've always experienced. Our guy's going to go around licking doorknobs. <laughs> we're the, why? Because we're the NFL. And so why the hell not? The reason why all of these things are possible, Jamie, is because you have these hub cities, right? For the NHL, some of the stuff that they're doing is more possible. Getting this many games in this this period of time is possible because you don't have the travel. The NBA potentially going to the group stage is possible because you can just throw out the conferences for a year. This is not something they would do in the future. And you don't have any of the travel. You wouldn't have a Golden State going to New York. Obviously, those teams not going to be a part of this. But just as an example, you wouldn't have these cross-country trips that these these players have no interest in having. Mm -hmm. You're all going to be in Orlando. And so that makes a lot of things possible that otherwise wouldn't be there. There's one thing that I do want to (laughs) see. We got a great text from Jeff Burton from our, our, our show, our buddies down the hall, the Riz show. Jeff goes, uh, you know what? The NFL is actually going back to leather helmets and no face masks. <laughs> oh, please give me that. <laughs> that, you know what, though? That doesn't sound that far off. So, uh, Jeff, you're not wrong, I'll buddy. I'll take it. Suddenly, receivers going across the middle are going to be allowed to be yeah. hit again. We're going to allow the clothesline coming back, everything, because the NFL wants to change the rules, baby. So, Greg Wyshynski, speaking of changing the the rules was on ESPN yesterday talking about what he wants to see from the postseason and one change that he would like to see implemented. This is still something that is being negotiated, but I agree with him. Just reseed this thing as we go along. Why is the NHL again hung up on this bracketing nonsense? Reseed the teams. If you are the top seed of the Eastern Conference and you're Boston, there's no reason why, well, okay, there's every reason why you'd want to play Toronto. But there's no reason why you should have to play Columbus. When, <laughs> if, if, like, the 12 seed or the 11 seed is available for you to play. So I completely agree with the players. Receive the teams. If we're going to do this round-robin thing, mm-hmm. I can disagree with it all I want. If they do it, I'm in, right? I'm invested. Well, what part don't you agree with anymore? The top four teams? That's the only part you don't yeah, like. Yeah, 100%. That's the only, only but part. But it's the only alternative. Sure. So and you so need I, to tap out I, on this. I, I'm, I'm tapping out. Okay. I'm going to accept it. Like, it, right. it is what it is, right? All I've right. lost that argument. I'm totally fine with that. If we're going to have that, at least make it meaningful. At least whenever you get to the second round or what is normally the quote-unquote first round, whatever, however you want to discuss it, 
have the top team that has earned that seed from the round robin play whoever the lowest remaining seed is. There doesn't need to be an actual bracket that flows into things. If the 12 seed wins in the first round, they beat the five seed, have that 12 seed play the one seed and continue on from there, right? Is that not how they're doing it? They don't know yet. It might be a typical bracket. I thought that That's was a given that they're negotiating. That's, they're talking about possibly doing the typical bracket once you get through or doing what... The, the, that's the part that Gary Bettman said they haven't finalized yet. Yeah. Well, that's probably because his dog was barking in the background. <laughs> the kid was crying. It was distracting. If you're watching Gary Bettman, he had a kid, a grandkid, banging on pots and pans and then a dog. I mean, you're Gary Bettman. Do you not have a door somewhere that you can close? And I was surprised, too, that it's probably the first time Gary Bettman ever came on to do a press conference and wasn't booed. Like, honestly, if I was Gary Bettman, for the fact of trolling the entire hockey world, I would have had my wife or my grandkid, like, as soon as I come on, just start booing. <laughs> just for just, just to keep it authentic. I, I feel like that could have gone the Roger Goodell route afterwards, though, where it just gets super uncomfortable. Oh, Roger Goodell's just uncomfortable, period. Gary, Gary I think Bettman's Gary's a little got a little more swag. You think? Yeah, no. Gary's a little more. He's got a little uncomfortability with him, too. He does, but have you ever talked to the man? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've talked to the guy a few times, a number of times, and he actually is kind of like that. He's dorky, okay, don't get me wrong, but he's kind of got a little edge to him. Like, sometimes he's actually trolling you yeah. with what he's saying. Like, he's, he's setting it up to be like, I got you. You can tell he's a hockey guy. Yeah. Because he's got those little slides every once in a while. See, I would say the power rankings of the most swagger among the commissioners, number one with a bullet is Adam Silver. Wait, he he could... He oh, just looks yeah. scary. He looks like a Bond villain. <laughs> hey, that's the swagger, though. Yeah, I'll give him that. He's number one. He's a Bond villain, so yeah. He's up there at number one, and then I think there's a significant drop-off. Batman might be, too. Yeah. And then I think it's Goodell. Another significant drop-off, and then oh. at the bottom, it's, it is uh, Rob Manfred. Throwing the Major League Soccer Commissioner maybe before Manfred, too. But I think Goodell Garber. is... Yeah. I, I think Manfred ahead of Goodell. Goodell, to me, is just oh. a laughing stock. Like, I feel like the owners... When they get together, they all have beers and laugh at what they can make him do. I think that's Manfred too. Manfred too, man. Right. Especially now. Yeah, I think he's he is officially there. Maybe they're related. <laughs> Second cousins. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and VK on 101 ESPN. MLB players are just sick of this, and they are not being quiet about it. We'll discuss it next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and VK podcast on 101 ESPN. If they want to get back to spring training in the middle of June, as Major League Baseball's plan outlines, and if they want to have opening day in the first week of July, on the 4th of July perhaps, they're going to have to get something done very quickly. And there is a dark temptation to believe that this thing could go sideways. This is the first proposal. When we get to the third and fourth, maybe then, if there's still issues, there'll be problems. Oh boy, that was Jeff Passan of ESPN earlier today. Today, alongside Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivs and BK on 101 ESPN. Things are coming to a head once again. And last night, late last night, uh, it was a player who was coming out saying, This ain't good. And that player was Max Scherzer. He oh, said, Oh, big name. The oh. player. 
said, quote, after discussing the latest developments with the rest of the players, there's no reason to engage with MLB in any further compensation reductions. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of prorated salaries, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based upon the current information the union has received. I think that's a really important line right there. I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe MLB's economic strategy would completely change change if all documentation were to become public information again that came from max scherzer last night on twitter that was basically a statement from him he's not just any player not only is he one of the best in the game a future hall of famer uh, one of the highest paid players in baseball right now he also happens to be one of the union reps Mm -hmm. he has an executive position within the major league baseball players union and so he is legitimately speaking on behalf of the rest of the players by sending out this kind of a note i would add this jamie one thing that i read between the lines from that statement is we're not agreeing to anything that the owners are currently proposing unless they open up their books that's their option if they want to go down the path that they're talking about right now that's perfectly acceptable If they show us their books, major league owners will never do that. And so baseball players are going to go down a different path now and they're going to offer whatever they're going to offer. But for the owners, this is this is a dead end unless they decide that they're going to do something that they do not appear willing to do right now. Goes back to our conversation yesterday when we discussed uh, and myself in particular, I won't throw you into this. But when I said when you have a sliding pay scale. Usually that's a lot of startup companies have that because they base the amount of money that you can make off of what their revenues are. And they're very, very transparent so that you know and you feel like you have skin in the game as well. Your job to grow the company helps you substantially increase your pay. But what's the key here? You have to have access to the books. Right now, Major League Baseball is proposing a model that is suppo- that is 100% driven by being transparent, but there's no transparency. So this is not going to work. So I'm also a little tired of hearing people go off on the players because I, I think both sides have screwed this up, okay? And, and now they're in so deep that they can't find their way out. But Max Scherzer is 100% right. He's like, you can dissect what he says right away. Is, We're not entertaining. And that's what you'll see the headlines. Yeah. Players not even entertaining a pay cut. And then when you read the full story, it's players aren't entertaining it because they don't have any information that would support the fact that they need to take a pay cut. So if I went to the U.S. bank across the street and I said, uh, you're going to take a pay cut today to somebody, they'd be like, well, why? Well, just because the company needs to take a pay cut. You don't think they'd have questions? You don't think they'd be like, what are you talking about? Show me why I need to take a pay cut. Tell me why. Right now, major is this league, performance driven? Is this something whatever. related to our economic situation? What's league, going on here? Major League Baseball is not providing any answer that we know of. Okay, and because if they if they were okay, I can tell you this right now, they would have it out there in the media because the owners are trying to build their case against the players right now for lower pay for this year and going into their new CBA. They're trying. This is the. BS that I'm tired of reading into is the posturing. We're a year away from our CBA, so let's start the battle now. 
And Scherzer already touched on it in there. He said, look, we've already accepted the pay cut before any of this conversation even started. So why are we accepting even more of a pay cut? To me, this was really significant because it was Scherzer saying it and it was Scherzer saying it in the manner that he was. Scherzer didn't say it on Twitch. He didn't put it out there on, you know, some type of video on Instagram. He put it out as a written piece on Twitter so that everybody understood this was the professional response from somebody who's in charge of the major league players. I do love that we have now determined that a professional response is a notes app on, on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. Better than Twitch. <laughs> well, you can only get 180 characters, right? And if you're going to do it, I've, I've, been, I've been down that road once, hey, I think, before. I totally get it. I just think it's funny that that's where we've arrived, is this is the professional yep. way of doing things. I would also say this, Jamie, kind of to what you were mentioning about the players negotiating with the owners, player salaries are 100% public. We know what mm-hmm. each and every player makes. We know where their bonuses are coming from. We know what it counts against the payroll versus what the actual cash is. We know all of these things. It's public information. Owners' books are a black box. We have no idea. And for us, we are told from the owners we are going to be losing $600,000 on games this season. Okay, that sounds awful. Like they just... could tell you anything. Exactly. Yes. And so, like, if the players were if the players were on the other side, right, switch these two things. The owners' books are 100% open. And let's say that they do actually indicate, and I don't believe this is would be the case, but let's go down the path of hypothetically, they're actually going to lose $600,000 per game. Huh. And meanwhile, the player salaries are all a black box. We don't know what any of these guys are making we would be screaming from the mountaintops right now Mm -hmm. well you have to take a a pay cut like this is not a feasible way of playing and so this is where we get into the difficulties of the negotiation it's not a good faith negotiation right now owners are coming to players expecting them to do something that nobody should expect them to do without the information that is actually needed to require you to do so. So it's this has not been a real negotiation yet. So we have a great text here. Air Comfort Service text line 65780 from the 314. It says uh, I think you're right, Jamie. If a company wanted to cut their employees' pay, the employees are going to want to know why. But the thing is, the companies don't have to explain why they're taking a pay cut. It's either take the pay cut or find another job. Okay, that's not true in this case because these players have what we call contracts. And those contracts, you can't just fire a guy. You can tell him don't show up at the field anymore, but guess what? You're going to continue to pay him or you're going to buy him out. There's going to be some form of payment to that person. You can't just fire them. So as much as uh, our texter's right in if I referenced U.S. Bank earlier, depending on whether they sign contracts or not, this is Major League Baseball. They have very thick contracts that are very precise, and you can't just fire a guy. So based upon that, if you just want to cut his pay back and forth and slide it around without the transparency of knowing the numbers. And don't here's one thing, too. I'm going to flippy floppy a little bit here is being a business owner myself. The business has to remain healthy, right? Because sure. if the business becomes insolvent, then everybody loses. But that being said then you kind of have to give a peek behind the curtain to let the employee, let the players know, hey, yeah, I am a billionaire personally, but this baseball team over here, it's it's on life support, man. And if we don't do that, this team goes away and the jobs, I don't know what will happen from that point on. 
but at least let them in a little bit, right? I think that that would solve part of the problem. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 314. It's ridiculous to think that the owners are making as much without the ticket revenue as they would with the fans in the stands. This one also comes from the 618. The owners probably are losing $600,000 a game in revenue. They aren't losing money each game, though. Just making $600,000 less than they otherwise would. Owners did a great job of framing that comment. That's a great point. And to the previous texter's point of ridiculous to think that the owners are making as much without the ticket revenue, I agree. They won't make as much. No. I just don't believe that they're going to be losing money by putting these games on. And if they are, if they are, let's 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 again go down the hypothetical of losing money is losing money from zero, losing money minus income, right. or being losing in the red money as opposed, as opposed, to, opposed to what they usually make. Being in the red as opposed to being in the black is what okay. they're saying right now All is right. the case. Correct. If that is true, then players should take a pay cut. I don't think it should be as significant as what we saw. But if you can't even put these games on without losing money, first of all bad business model. Second of all, it, it, then, then there should be something that is done. I do believe there needs to be negotiation here. I, I don't think anybody is suggesting that these players should just take 100% of what was left and you just proceed as normal. No, I, I do think there needs to be some negotiation. Maybe it is deferred payments, right? Maybe it is a I can't believe that hasn't hit the table yet either. I think it will eventually. Like that to me would be the carrot. Be like, listen, I can't pay you your $12 million this year. I'll pay you this much. But, t- but for the duration of the next 10 years, you're going to get a a million dollars a year or 500000 every year. Eventually, I think there's going to be something similar to that put on the table. There shouldn't be negotiation. It just right now isn't a good faith negotiation from either side, frankly. Neither yeah. of the two sides are even trying to meet in the middle. And this is where it goes back to what we talked about yesterday with the deadline. Is there a deadline or not? Because if there's not a deadline, then I, I have very little faith that this is going to get done anytime soon. There's no deadline, guys. We're looking at talking about this until... It's too late. Till we're done or they figure it out because they're not giving us anything to go on except for players need to take less and we're losing money. Player side is we're not taking less and we don't believe the owners. 65780 is their comfort service tax line from the 314. Hey, I don't really have an opinion on the subject. Just wanted to say Rivs thinks BK smells bad. He even told me so. That's... Well... Very unfair, Jamie. Very unfair. I don't, I don't think Alex should have put that on the text line. I was just making sure the text line worked, so now I know. <laughs> With Jeffers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. If then, if then statements are next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Alongside former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's play a game of if then. We're little. You always had these if blank, then blank statements, right? I'm going to give you guys a couple. I'd like to have you fill in the blank here at the end. Okay. Let's start with this one. If you were offered to go to space in the SpaceX program that tried to do it yesterday, but, you know, the weather thing, it just didn't work out. They're going to try it again over the weekend. If you were to offer to go to space in the SpaceX program, then blank, Jamie Rivers. Hmm. I'd go. You would? Yeah, I think it's I think it's something you got to do. You got to try it out. Like, how often do you get that that offer? And yeah, my first thought <laughs> not, not often, <laughs> no, right? Like, Never. My first thought is <laughs> things could go wrong, and you know, and all that. But the other side of it is, you know, it's opportunity of a lifetime. So I'd go if I'm offered. I'm going, but you have to just knock me out. So I'm not awake on the way up there. Oh, I think that would be the, that would be the fun. I part. hate heights. 
And uh, I know you're like encapsuled where probably can't look outside, but you still the idea of it. Knock me out until I'm up there, then I'm good. All right. I'm I still am, going. I am the worst person to fly with. The worst. I get believe. clammy. <laughs> Just fly with? It's not nice, guys. <laughs> My hands get clammy. I have like severe anxiety of flying because whatever, same, I mean, the same reason that everybody does, right? Or that anybody that has anxiety of flying. When we get ready to land, I am just like shaking in my seat. I am a nightmare to fly with. And so I can't imagine how horrible I would react if you put me on a rocket ship <laughs> and we're getting ready to count down from 10 for them to tell me the exact moment when I'm going to blast into space where I will potentially be for years on end where there's no gravity and I don't understand what's taking place. I. I would have to turn it down for my own well-being. I think I would be a nightmare for everybody else in that spaceship. See, I'm the same mindset, but if I turn it down, I'm going to live the rest of my life regretting it because I could have been to space. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. That's the hard part. My my hold back is the family here, right? Having to leave the family. Sure. I don't know how long they go up there for, but I know it's not like a, a quick there and back. You, you're usually there, you stay a while and whatnot, and obviously the risk involved in it. Uh, as well, but I, I, you know what? I'm a gamer. I'm like, we'll do this. Let's, let's do it. Let's check it out. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service text line. If you want to get an if then statement in on the show, All right, let's get to the next one. If Phil Mickelson gets his wish, and the match becomes an annual tradition, then the player I would most want to see next year in that match is blank. Jamie Rivers. Michael Jordan. I definitely want to see Michael Jordan in there, but I want him in there with, like, one of his close buddies that's another athlete from a different sport, you know? Scott Burrell. Who? Scott Burrell? Oh, my God, that would be funny. (laughs) No, but, like, uh, we talked to Chris Chelios not too long ago, and he's played golf with MJ. He's had fun, you know, a little banter back and forth. Chris Chelios maybe doesn't have the star power of a Michael Jordan, but that's, like, where I'm headed with it, is MJ in a relaxed environment, although we know he won't be fully relaxed. Sure. But at least some banter back and forth so we could have some fun with it. Shaq and Charles Barkley. Oh, that would be great. That actually. actually would be great. You got to put Charles Barkley in because his golf game is so bad. You're going to get the humor his from golf it. Golf game isn't bad. He just looks awful golfing. Sometimes he's really bad though. Oh like my God. like when he's using his iron game, it is. Did you see his hitch? Yeah, his hitch he looks, looks like he's having some kind of a seizure. And then suddenly goes again. <laughs> yeah, it's not pretty. But I, I think you're going to get because you can't. I, I know a lot of people say Jordan and Charles Barkley, ah. but you're not going to get the band because Jordan doesn't like him. Shaq and Charles Barkley are going to go I'm back you. and forth. I, you know what? I would like to uh, rescind my offer of Michael Jordan and whomever. I, I'm going to go with Shaq and Barkley. I think that would be fun. Got to have Barkley. Even I, the size of them on the course would be kind of entertaining. I think Shaq would be a blast. Yeah. I think that's a really good one. It's going to be... I don't think I can one-up that. The other thing you have to keep in mind is one thing that made this so fun was Peyton Manning's ability to, in the moment, react to what yeah. was taking place, right? You want to hear a lot of those stories. You want to hear the back and forth. The trash talk is hugely important in something like this to make it entertaining. But you also want somebody that can react in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Phil Mickelson... And drive the cart really fast. Yeah. Also very important. Very That's a true. great point. Very true. Phil Mickelson recommended Tony Romo. 
I think yeah. that would be a great one. Mm-hmm. I think Tony Romo mixed with like a Joe Namath, an old timey oh quarterback. God. Joe Namath, you're gonna have to have somebody golf for him though. <laughs> Tony Romo, Jerry Jones. Oh boy. No, that might get a little someone, too. Yeah. Someone yeah. might get uncomfortable divorce or someone something. Someone might get murdered with a golf club. Too Tony much Romo, love back Howie and Long, maybe, or Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, that's a good a, one. An old timey player is yeah. what I would want. Terry yeah. Bradshaw. I need somebody to go with him, but I, I think Romo is a really good one. I do. I like that. Next, if then statement six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service tax line to get involved. If the NHL salary cap stays flat for next season. Then blank happens for the Blues, Jamie Rivers. Um, well, change would be the one word. Uh, and in that change, I, I don't know exactly what it consists of. It'd be one or two things, right? The change would be that you either don't have Alex Petrangelo anymore moving forward, or you're going to be missing two or three other prominent players off your roster in order to have Alex Petrangelo. So for me, if the salary cap stays the same, the word is change. Just to clarify, flat meaning it stays what it was stays this what season. It was this year, yep. Then I'll go, if that happens, then Doug Armstrong makes the right move. And, and I, I know that's a wide response. But either way, people that are was going. That's kind of a corporate answer. I'm yeah, but <laughs> well, Blues pre and post game coming back soon. <laughs> yeah. Alex Ferrario hosting your pre and post game shows. Alex Ferrario hosting your pre and post game shows. No, but but in all honesty, though, <laughs> has Doug Armstrong made the wrong move ever? Well, well yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yori Laterra. Wow, but look what he did with he did, it. He turned it. That's a good point. It I, ended up becoming a positive. He, he, Ryan he, Miller. And look what he did with it. I know. But it's Austin Falk. Jeez, that wasn't Ferrario Blues if you're listening. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just saying, you know, if, Pe- if you. Petro's not resigned, I think they're still going to be in a qualifying position and they'll go out there and find a free agent. If you do get Petro signed, I think you're going to move on from somebody that, yeah, it stinks at the time, but you're going to see it pay off down the road. I Very think well done. That was a good corporate comeback. answer. I'm sorry, guys. That was good. good a good one. And Alex, by the way, he bleeds blue, folks. Okay? Hosting your pre and post games when Blue's hockey returns. Yeah. The if NHL salary cap stays flat for next season. <laughs> then I believe you're going to see multiple changes on like the third and fourth lines. I, I think yeah. guys like Bozak and Steen. That might be where the changes come. Because I just, I think they're going to work it out with Petro. I think they're going to figure it out. You guys know how I feel about this. I I don't know how you move on from that in this kind of a time. That dude is just so important to the community, to that team, to the organization for what he brings. I I don't think you can move on from that. I think there's. I love the guy. Well, when you make those That's moves. a little bit of a corporate answer. Yeah, that there, was, no, that was more like... <laughs> Mr. Uh, corporate. That wasn't corporate. Mr. Player. I'm not saying... <laughs> Mr. Former Blue. I'm not saying Alex Petrangelo, the business, is my boy. I'm saying just he's my boy. Blue's I like you. You're business. my boy, Blue. Blue business. You're my boy. Yeah. Final if-then statement. If there is an outbreak within an NHL team, then blank. Jamie Rivers. Or screwed. <laughs> Great answer. Well, I mean, how much more honest can you get? Like, yeah. if, if there's an outbreak on one particular team that's in these, like, the serious playoff hunt or whatever the format ends up being, what do you do? Remove that team? Yeah. Do you have the last eliminated team still training and waiting that, hey, you guys might get the call back here? Like, it's going to be disastrous. Look, here are the stipulations for NHL teams going into it. It's a best of five. You win three, you're or you don't win three, you're eliminated. You get coronavirus, you're eliminated. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you're out. So it's 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 in your best interest to make sure yeah. you're quarantining Stay properly. Home. If there's an outbreak within a team, 
then, first of all, I hope everybody is safe within that team. And I hope it's the team that the Blues are playing at the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think you guys are right. I Did you just it, wish that juju on somebody? All right, listen. Oh, my God. That's an independent Yikes. comment that does not represent the Ribs and BK show. I'm that represents that. the BK moment. We'll send it over to Gary Batman. My God. Oh, we, what is wrong with you? I, what is wrong with you today? Don't you, you put out, that curse on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, no positive. kidding. You start, you start out positive, and now you're wishing the coronavirus on teams. I, I didn't say that. I well, said what I did you say? Questions and answers is next. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line to get your questions in. That's what's next. That's questions and answers. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Alongside Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK. Time for questions and answers. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. This one comes from the 618. Jamie, Uh-oh. if Major League Baseball doesn't play this season due to the money, do you think the popularity of Major League Baseball will drop? And if so, how much? Oh, it will drop substantially, too. People people don't like situations that revolve around millionaires and billionaires ruining their fun, their favorite pastime, their favorite sport, whatever it is that they do, their family tradition of going to games or season tickets for from grandpa to dad, now down to son. They've been passed on from generation to generation. People will take it personally. Baseball is already having trouble building a a more fan base. They have a great fan base. Don't get me wrong. So many people love baseball, but it's well documented that they're having a hard time continuing to build greater numbers in their fan base. And they're actually losing some of the casual fans just because eh, baseball, you know, they want to see this and that. The millennials want it faster. And and I don't blame them at all. A money squabble in a pandemic where people are losing jobs, maybe losing their homes, losing everything, losing family members. Baseball will take it right in the pishneras from the fans if they don't figure this out. I'm telling you, people will line up to do it too. I think it gets worse if any NBA and NHL come back too because you're getting both back in the playoffs. You you've mm-hmm. seen how easy it is for these guys to get a deal done and get these players back. You've had no outspoken frustration. No money has come out on the front. If they play, baseball takes a major hit in terms of popularity. I think it'd be atrocious for this for the sport. I, I think it'd be a a massive hit in a way that we haven't seen since ninety four, ninety five. I, I mean, I, I don't know how you could recover from this in the near future. Would they recover eventually? Maybe. But I don't know that you could get back to where it was now. People always talk about baseball as a dying sport. It's not true. Baseball as a national sport is dying. There's not a whole lot of interest in most markets for the World Series. There's just not. Nationally, it doesn't rate the same way that other sports do. But that's not what baseball's going for. Baseball is going for the highest viewership numbers that they possibly can in each individual market. And St. Louis, baseball has never been more popular. In most of these markets, the numbers that they're doing on television, these TV deals, the money that they're getting from them are massive. It is growing exponentially every single year in terms of the money that's coming in. Baseball is unbelievably healthy when it comes to the revenues, and that's what they care about. Mm-hmm. But those revenues will start to dissipate if this happens. The TV numbers will go down next year if this happens. The attendance will be an issue moving forward if this happens. So they can't allow this to happen. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions and answers from the 636. Hey, Rivs, have you asked your boy Burton in the Rizzuto show what they were saying about you this morning? 
Yeah, no, I haven't had the chance to hear them because I don't listen to their show in the morning. I listen to 101 ESPN, so I don't have time for the Riz show. But apparently, <laughs> um, apparently the uh, they started a little bit of a, a war with our boys in the fast lane. And, and, you know, my boy Anthony Stalter repping the fast lane now. Mm-hmm. And so the other day I saw I counted the Riz show and there's five of those guys, only four in the fast lane. So I offered up my free agent services as a part of the 101 team. And uh, Anthony Stalter and I and Brad Thompson, we solidified a deal yesterday. So I'm now Team Fastlane going to this war. It's a much quicker negotiation than baseball. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, I did it for no money because oh, that's what, I'm a team guy. I think okay? that's what the owners are asking for as well. <laughs> I'm a team guy. So we'll see what these uh, so-called tough guys have in line for us here. But, uh, yeah, I actually don't listen to them ever. I saw Jeff in the hallway today and... Uh, Pretend I didn't know him. Actually. Do we know what they said? Six five seven eight zero. If you know what happened earlier yeah. this morning on the Rizzuto show, they I said none of them have brains. Hmm. Well, I'm in. No matter what, I'm in. Wow, they said that. Mm-hmm. They said none of them have about, brains. About Jamie, it's interesting. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that could get ugly. That is a shot that I will frankly not stand for. All I said, I put it on Twitter last night. I'll volunteer my services as a referee of this match because I am here for all of it. There you go. Give me the popcorn so I can oh, sit yeah, back. They, I heard something. I'll sub in for like Barnes on the running. Trivia. If there's anything. <laughs> trivia dodgeball or something? Trivia dodgeball because they want to put brains in brawn. They know they have the brains. They don't have the brawn, they've said. <sighs> They're, I, I've seen those guys and talked to those guys. They might have a better chance with brawn than brains. I'm just telling you that much. Again, I'm just here for it. Yeah. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions and answers. <clears throat> Guys, I just saw this from Ken Rosenthal. Mm-mm. MLB Network is starting 64 consecutive hours of Derek Jeter programming tomorrow at 6 a.m. Bob Costas is going to be looking back on the legendary moments from Jeter's career throughout the weekend. Coverage includes 13 signature games. This is, of course, going to be on the anniversary of Jeter's debut 25 years ago tomorrow. Does Derek Jeter does deserve this? I was just like, who cares? I was to say, is, is that is that is that bad to say? Is there like, a NASCAR one I can watch instead? I, I mean, I'd rather watch Ultimate Tag. De- Derek, Derek Jeter. Jeter is a an all time great player. Don't get me wrong; he's a Hall of Famer. But I mean, I I think sometimes we overdo it with the Jer- Derek Jeter thing. Anything and I, to distract us from the owners and the players, I guess. <laughs> 64 hours is way too much Jeter. I understand he was a Yankee, and I understand he had what we love, which is the clutch moments and coming up big in the championships and winning the rings with three capital Zs at the end. I get all of that. It just Der- Derek Jeter? Derek Jeter's the guy? Mm. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions and answers. Final thing for you, Jamie. Hey, Jamie, I saw over the, or the oh, overnight the NHL has decided to expand rosters to 28 players. They're going to have unlimited goaltenders when play resumes. How much is that going to change the way that the coaches approach the postseason? It's not really going to change anything. When you go into the postseason, you usually have what they call the black aces anyway. So you have your normal roster guys at like 23, 24. You only dress 20. This is an extra four or five guys, which are there anyways in the playoffs. So they won't even practice with the team for the most part. They'll get on the optional skates here and there, and then they'll do some training afterwards. But they're there, you know, break glass in case of emergency. It's always good to have some extra bodies around. Probably pretty smart by the NHL to expand it 
based on this going to be a unique and condensed uh, schedule for the playoffs. So it doesn't change anything except, uh, you know what, if it does change one thing, it even helps the Blues because I think the Blues are very deep into their minor league system. They have a couple of really great players on the blue line. They've got Vili Husso, who's a goalie, who's fantastic, and they got some pretty big forwards down there, namely Clem Costin, and, and, you know, he can come up and help out too. So, it shouldn't make a big difference, but helps the Blues. So I said, BK, is Derek Jeter your new Frank Gore? Hashtag never forget. I, oh, boy. I, I don't think that Derek Jeter shouldn't make the Hall of Fame, so that's very different than my Frank Gore discussion. I just, I think sometimes we overdo it with him because of who he played for. I think it's more about who he played for than what he was as a player. I now, I just saw one here uh, from the 636. Actually, Burton called Rivers one of his favorite athletes ever because of the work he did and everything that he went through in his career and just kept going with his head up and he sincerely meant it. Okay. So maybe my beef isn't with Jeff then anymore. Or guess what? Maybe that's just some serious sucking up. Burton. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Trying to get me off guard, you know, sideswipe me. I'm on to your you know what? I'm on to your stink. If you know what I mean. Into that sentence That'll after us. That away, Ribs, you mm-hmm. keep it. Alongside former blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, he's the number one athlete that I've ever met. That's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. What is baseball going to do? When are we going to be able to watch the Cardinals? We're going to ask that of Jason Stark. He's a senior baseball writer for The Athletic. He's one of the best in the business. He'll join us next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Alongside Blues, former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, where we are happy to be joined by senior baseball writer for The Athletic, Jason Stark, joining us here on Rivers and BK. Jason, how are you doing today? Brandon, Jamie, I am hanging in there. (laughs) As are we. So, uh, Jason, I'm going to leave this open-ended here. What the heck is going on with this negotiation? (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know about you. I've seen this movie a million times. Uh, For some reason, every baseball negotiation starts this way. Uh, I keep reminding myself that at least for the last 25 years, they haven't all ended this way, and like theoretically, that should create some hope. But if you take a step back and really think about where we are, two months ago, they hammered out an agreement. Two months later, they can't even agree on what they agreed on. That's like a good sign. Not that good to me. Yeah, well, Jason, a quick question on a follow-up to that is, you know, you look at the NHL and you look at the NBA, and for the most part, everything's kind of been done behind closed doors, except for some announcements that look like they're, you know, co-announcement, joint announcements between the union and the leagues. But baseball has taken a completely different approach to where the owners are leaking information to the media who are then allowed to run with it as they want. And then the players are responding already today saying that they'll have a public response by the end of the week. But they're already reporting that they want to play over 100 games and yada, yada, yada. My point is, why would baseball and the players union choose to put it out in the public rather than get this thing done behind closed doors? You don't think it's working that well during the day? <laughs> <laughs> it's working swell. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's almost like they're each positioning themselves to point a finger at the other side if it falls apart. And uh, I, I 
would much rather have had the last public statement be some joint sentiment that these are extraordinary times. They require some level of joint sacrifice. We want to play baseball. We're going to find a way to do that. Like that would have been so much more productive than this, but that's never the way it works in our sport. And um, it's frustrating. It's, uh, it's painful to watch it play out. I, I tweeted about this earlier today, that earlier this week, I had two people in baseball predict to me exactly how the week would go. <laughs> MLB makes a proposal. They hate that. Players trash that. Players portray themselves as angry. Then the union makes a counterproposal. MLB hates that. Owner is angry. <laughs> Another week's gone off the calendar. That doesn't mean that they can't figure this out, but even if they do at this point, have they already done damage to the sport? I'm starting to think they have. Jason, the, the end of your tweet is something that I want to kind of hone in on as well. We're talking to Jason Stark. He's a senior baseball writer for The Athletic. You mentioned one problem is time, and June 1st is in four days. This is something I, I'm sure our audience is getting sick of hearing me say, but I think it's really important. We talk about these deadlines, and I, I feel like I've heard 17 different deadlines as to when baseball has to have a <laughs> negotiation done by. It's June 1st. It's June 6th. That's actually the 5th. Maybe it's the 10th. We're not really sure sure is there a real deadline for baseball right now and if not isn't that pretty significant as well it really isn't you know i like i used june 1st just because i wanted to remind everybody that we're gonna flip the calendar to june in four days but june 1st is not a deadline june 6th is not really a deadline even july 4th which is the start date you've heard is not a firm date none of this is firm uh the number of games is not term it all depends on how this goes it, you know we're just doing the math in our head right if start july 4th have a three-week spring training need some time to get all these facilities up to speed with all these health and safety protocols if you do that math in your head you know there's not a lot of time there's like a week but all of this could change. It could get bumped. That July 4th could get bumped back by a week, by two weeks, by a month. Uh, they could play into October in the regular season, play the postseason into November. They could play fewer games. They could try to cram in more games with double headers. All of this has to be negotiated. So there's not a magic date, but there is a calendar. <laughs> you know, And every, it feels like every day, every week goes by. It's just wasted time. Now, the, the question I've got for you, Jason, is, you know, the owners proposed this this sliding scale, sliding pay scale to the players. It, one, obviously, the players don't think very highly of that idea. But do you think the players would feel differently if they had access to the owner's books in order to see whether what they're saying is true for loss of revenue or not? I mean, we talked about it earlier in the show, and I said, you know what, if I knew my team was struggling, maybe I would accept that offer. But until that point, the players are just going to say no, right? <laughs> no one spent a lot of time trying to break down that proposal. Uh, that, that's not going to happen. Right? <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't waste five more minutes on it. Damn um, it. Where were you yesterday when I was doing that? <laughs> Spent three hours on it yesterday, Jason. <laughs> hey, well, I'm glad you got through three hours of programming. That's important right now. But, I mean, what, what you described, Jamie, is really what Max Scherzer tweeted. And 
I'm going to ask you this. Is there really time for 30 teams to open their books and prove they're losing money? I don't think there's time for that, for that, and for, for the union to then go through all of these financials for every team. I just don't see that as realistic. And, that, I mean, that's part of the problem. But the biggest problem is neither side accepts the other's basic premise. The starting line of these talks for Major League Baseball is we're going to lose money. Deal with it. And the starting line for the union is we don't think so. We think even if you play before zero fans this year, you will still make money because of TV money. And there's a big, there's a huge canyon in between those two positions that they've got to try to find a middle ground on. I actually think that middle ground's out there. I've had people outline to me where they think it is. I don't know that those people are being listened to right now. We're talking to senior baseball writer for The Athletic. He's Jason Stark. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-T. Jason, I kind of want to follow up on that because to me, a lot of what we're talking about here is not even so much about the negotiation or the specifics of what's taking place right now. It's about the lack of trust between the Players Association and the owners right now. How much of this is just kind of an accumulation of everything that we've seen in recent years from baseball, maybe even more so than what we're talking about, really, of what this season is going to look like? Um. I, I think that's an accurate description. This has been building. We've seen it in other ways, in other arenas, in, in other discussions, and it's really coming to a head now. Um, it's such a dysfunctional relationship. There's so much distrust by each side to the other side that they lack this sense of common purpose. Now, I've actually been reading these quotes from Don Fear today. Remember him? Mm-hmm. He used to run the Players Union and was feared and hated by the other side. And now he's running the Hockey Union. They're the first sport to get it done. And he said he's never seen a negotiation quite like this in 40 years of doing it because neither side came into it saying, they need to win and recognize it's a situation that's out of their control to a great degree. They both feel a need to find a way to play. So they're trying to work together to make that happen. That's a way you would ideally like to see it work in every sport. Baseball has just reached a place where there's such a bad working relationship that they can't start the process that way. And it's really destructive. Jason, I I think this is the last question that I have for you. What do we expect from here? Like, we are now, as you said, it's May 28th. We're four days away from June 1st. Time is of the essence at this point. There should be urgency. Are are owners actually going to want to play this season? Are are we going to get something done here, in your opinion? You know, every, I, I get asked this on every show. How optimistic are you? <laughs> you know, I, like, I, I don't know if I can use a word like optimism to describe this right now. But you know what? I, I also am. I, I'm realistic. And the realism in me says this has to happen. You cannot drive your sport off this cliff. You look around, the NHL is going to play. The NBA, you know, is going to play. The NFL is going to play. You cannot be the only sport that doesn't play at a time like this. And what I actually think will drive this to happen is 
all the pressure, the public pressure from you guys, from me, from people in our business, from fans, from the public, and obviously not too far over the horizon is the politicians. What's the over-under on the first presidential tweet about this? I got tomorrow. <laughs> I, I think he's got other things going on with social media right now. That he has a tweet machine, head, though. But uh, that, that seems about right. I'd probably take the over on, like, beyond tomorrow, but I think it's coming. It's definitely coming. Yeah, like, politicians love this stuff. Like, there's no Republican side or Democratic side. You just weigh in. It's like the, the L.A. City Council voting that baseball should give both of those two World Series trophies to the Dodgers. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a tremendous place for politicians to find themselves. And this is going to happen. It's just like you saw all those politicians jumping in on the minor league battles over the winter. They will jump in on this if they think that it looks like somebody's being greedy and baseball's not going to play. I, I guarantee it. He's Jason Stark. You can read his work in The Athletic. He's absolutely fantastic. Give him a follow on Twitter as well, at Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-T. Jason, we really appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for hopping on with us, man. All the best to you and your family. Thanks, you too. Uh, appreciate, being, appreciate being on. Thanks. Absolutely. That's Jason Stark joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. It's 1214, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I've got a lot I want to react to there. First of all, what Don Fear had to say, the quote that he read, I think that's hugely important for what we're talking about right now with baseball. And I want to talk about this deadline because he said something about it that got me thinking about something else that refers to it. Why I think this is so important. We'll get into all of that. I want to hear Jamie's thoughts on it as well. We'll do it next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. been reading these quotes from Don Fear today. Remember him? He used to run the Players Union, feared and hated by the other side. And now he's running the Hockey Union. They're the first sport to get it done. And he said he's never seen a negotiation quite like this in 40 years of doing it because neither side came into it saying they need to win. They both feel a need to find a way to play Alongside Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. That was Jason Stark who joined us moments ago here on the show. If you missed it, 101ESPN.com is the place where you find it after the show is concluded. I wanted to talk about that very quote right there, Jamie, because I think it's really important. The idea that this is not about winning and losing. You don't need to have one side that comes out of this particular negotiation when we're in a freaking global pandemic and come, a, come out and say, here's all the stuff that we got. Here's all the stuff that they lost out on. Here's why we won the negotiation. Then no, 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 no. This is a collaboration. We're all trying to get through this thing together. And we're going to talk about the NBA and some of their player statements here in a little bit. And I, I wanted to talk about one thing that I've had an issue with with them. Like, now, if you come back and you have to play regular season games and it's all 30 teams, the incentive is this is for the greater good. That's what it is. And so with to get back to these negotiations, this isn't about winning or losing. It's about playing the sport and making sure that you put something on this year so you don't go 18 months between the last time that you played and the next time that you play. 
This is the biggest mistake that Major League Baseball has made is they're trying to win the deal, okay? And we have talked about it in depth about the NHL, NBA, and what looks to be a collaborative effort from the NFL, although we still have time before they become relevant as far as playing or not. But the NHL and the union, we've talked to several guests over the past couple of weeks, very important people, and everybody has talked about how they've worked together as a team. They've gotten behind closed doors. The players had a return to play committee. They had the union representatives there. The NHL had their representatives. And not once was it about, well, we want to win this for the owners or we want to win this as players. It was, how can we get back to work, all of us, and finish this off and do it the right way, safely, making sure that the owners make money. Heck, the players still haven't accepted their last paycheck in the NHL yet. Why? Because they're working together with the owners. So Major League Baseball, man, figure it out. You're the only one right now that is pointing the finger across the table saying, you've got to lose for me to be happy with this. It's funny because the more I listen to everybody, and I read an article earlier today from Bob Nightingale pointing out why he believes that baseball will return by the 4th of July. And he told us a couple of weeks ago now, 85, 90% chance. Bobby Boogie, it's our boy. <laughs> that baseball will be back by the 4th of July. And he, he basically pointed out this morning, baseball is not this stupid. They're not, they're not dumb enough to allow this to happen and to allow it to get to the point where we don't see the game for 2020. And, man, I, I, that sounds silly coming out, but it's the only reason anybody has. We were just talking to Jason Stark, and his explanation was basically the same. Mm-hmm. Hey, baseball can't be this dumb. There's no way they're this willing to just let a season go. That would be insanity. Jeff Passan says I, I the same thing. I think it's going to happen, guys. I know I'm stupid right now. I think it's going to happen. I think baseball cannot get out of its own way. I think that both sides are going to push so hard to win that we'll either have an awful version of it to which it's just not a success at all, or they just won't have it. So there was one other thing that I wanted to react to from Jason Stark. He said there is no real deadline. Here here are a few quotes that I wrote down from Jason Stark. He said, quote, none of this is firm. Quote, all of this could change. Quote, July 4th could bump back by a week or a month. What does that actually tell you? It means that there is nothing in place right now. There is no structure in place that has been agreed to about what it will look like when baseball returns, what the safety protocols will be when baseball returns, and oh, by the way, the financial structure whenever baseball returns. We don't even know how many cities can actually host their baseball teams yet. We haven't even gotten to that point of the negotiation. And meanwhile, they are saying that they need their or want to. I get. I need to change this. They want to have things done by June 1st to be able to start by July 4th. Can they I ask you a four question? Days to negotiate everything. Everything is still on the table. What have they been doing the last three months? I don't understand. Can I ask you a question? For real? Yeah. Okay. Why? I was assuming you were going to do it anyway. So. Well, I was, but I figured <laughs> I'd be polite today. Why have the owners and the players' union not crossed off some minor details like why have they not get a win well yeah like present a front of okay we're gonna have 
testing twice a week. Yay! Handshake done. That's part of our list. Or we're going to have face masks in the dugout. Yay! Bam! Plus two, right? Like, start building up a report card of things you're doing and accomplishing rather than this line in the sand over the money. We all know that that's the most important part, okay? But if that's the only thing that you're talking about and that we're talking about, that means there's not a whole lot of positives going on in baseball. Why don't you take the money, put it over to the side, and let's start cranking out positive things that the players and the owners can agree upon. And now let's start presenting a list of accomplishments. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we, we still have the money over here, and we're working on that, but it's no longer the only focus. The funny thing is they thought that they had things negotiated oh. in March. I remember like that. They, remember, I remember. We, we, they were like, yeah, 82-game season. Hoorah. Even had a big old handbook of what how it's going to look like. A 50% yeah. pay structure. Hoorah. We're good to go, boys. We're going to play baseball this summer. And now you get to May, and it's like none of that ever happened. They many men in black flashy things in front of all of our faces, <laughs> and we're like, hey, yeah, you know that March agreement? That never actually took place. And we're like, wait, no, it, I, I remember it. I'm pretty sure it happened. Mm-hmm. And, and baseball is just pretending that it didn't. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 314. Breathe, boys. Vegas has baseball being played at minus 500. <laughs> it's going to happen. I hope Vegas is right. I really do. I still believe that it's going to be played. But my only reason to believe that at this point is the same reason that Bob Nightingale has stated, that Jason Stark just stated, that Jeff Passan has been saying over the recent days. I just don't believe baseball can possibly be this stupid. Oh, I don't. God. And so if if that's my only thing that I'm relying upon to believe that baseball is going to be played, well, I am really grasping at straws here. I've I've arrived at a place where it's not because, oh, here's the negotiation that's going to take place. Here's what it looks like. Or, hey, you know, they're they're actually agreeing to certain things. And like you said, the last thing that they need is the money. We we can't cling to anything. Nothing. There's there's nothing to cling to to suggest that this is actually going to work other than there's no way they're this dumb. It's the only thing that we have remaining. And I, I, I cannot believe that baseball has allowed it to get to this point. I can't. It's insanity. It's absolutely insane. They need some PR uh, resuscitation here to this sport because right now it's just negative, 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 and and that's that's just not good when you're trying to sell a product that you're going to have a hard time paying for as it is. You want people to love your sport at that point, and right now, not sure they're feeling the love. It's a lot of negativity. Let's wash it off with some positivity. Joe, Joey Vitale, there ain't nobody more positive than him. Let's talk to him about the Blues are going to win the Cup this year. Let's do that next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Time for a Blues Report with Joey Vitale. You automatically look 15% tougher if you have a beard. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. Orange and green in the shape of carrots. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. <laughs> this is silky smooth. Let's go, Blues! Let's go, Blues! Let's go, Blues! Let's go, with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by Blues analyst Joey Vitale here on Ribs and BK. Joey, how you doing, man? What's up, boys? I'm doing okay. You know, I had one of those days where I think I'm losing it again. 
I was on Instagram this morning, and you know how they have those ads on Instagram, like the different products? And, have you seen this? There is a remote control alligator head. Have you seen this? Oh, what? yes, no. I've seen it. It's actually hilarious. Dude, it is. So it's basically like a two-foot alligator head. And it's remote control, so it kind of gives the illusion that there's an alligator floating through the water. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I got to get this thing. This would be absolutely hilarious. The, the people's reaction is unbelievable. So I'm getting to the point now where I'm looking for anything to keep myself entertained. Now, Joey, the, I have to warn you a little bit. I've done some of the Instagram ads where I've ordered a few things off of there. I'm like, oh, this what is really What were you fun. ordering, Jamie? I don't know. Just mm, crap, okay? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but in, in saying that... Now I get flooded with crap. Like, you buy that alligator head, there's going to be like 10 million remote control funny things that hit your timeline over the next month. You know why that is, Jamie? I'm going to tell you exactly why. Yeah, explain that to me, please, Joey. It's Alexa's fault, okay? I have this theory. (laughs) I have this theory that all these great Alexas that we have in our homes that are so convenient, you know the time, you can find out the weather, you can know the lyrics, the latest Taylor Swift song, all great stuff. But the problem is, Alexa keeps listening even when you turn Alexa off. Mm-hmm. So I'm having conversations with my wife about that doggone washing machine, hon. It keeps making that clicking noise. And then sure enough, two days later, I get these ads from Best Buy about a washing machine. I'm telling you right now, there's something going on. Oh, it, th- that's not a theory. That is absolutely true. It happens on my phone all the time. I'll be talking to my girlfriend and then suddenly Siri's asking me what I just mentioned. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I wasn't even, I, I didn't even <laughs> yeah. have my phone near me. And then suddenly I've got ads for exactly what I'm talking about. I've also got a Google Home. Okay, that's where I was going. With Google Home. So, mm-hmm. go ahead. She's the opposite for me. Oh, really? She never responds. Well, like, she I can like tell you. her 20 She's times, like hey, set the alarm for 7 o'clock. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm going to power through this. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what I say to her. She ain't going to listen until, like, the 17th time. Okay, so, hey, Google, at my house, she's, like, part of the family. She really is. <laughs> like, she thinks her opinion, like, at the dinner table, like, she's part of the conversation. And it happened a couple times to where we'd be having a debate about something. Somebody's height the other day. We're like, I wonder how tall this person is. I forget what TV show we're watching. About five or six of us standing around and then we go, hey, Google and she answers, so-and-so is six foot one. I'm like, I didn't even ask the question. And then I give her a little bit of grief and she's like, "Ah, I'm sorry you feel that way. I was like, what the heck? Something's going on, guys. Um, something's happening in this world. I see all these signs in people's lawns that say don't give up and hang in there. We need to replace those signs with what the heck is going on. <laughs> well, Joey, uh, normally I would continue this conversation going down this path for like the next six minutes. But there's real news in hockey. So what the heck is going on is that it sounds like we're going to be able to watch the Blues again coming up in potentially late July. What you think of the NHL's playoff format that they set up yesterday? Guys, I think it's great. I love it. I love that they're moving forward with it. I love that we kind of got the what established now. Players are going to be starting to come back to these cities. Uh, we're starting to, it's starting to kind of go from that foggy, dense lens, and we're starting to kind of clarify it a little bit. Now, now, with that being said, this is a good step. But uh, talking to a few players, th- there are some big hurdles still ahead here. And I think the biggest hurdle is still going to be as far as moving from this phase two to phase three and ultimately up to a phase four. But, and I say that because the players are going to kind of stand in the way now as far as how this progresses. Again, this is all assuming that the world continues to get healthier and move forward in a healthy direction. But if that's the case, 
it really is going to come down to these players getting in their own way. Now, what do I mean by that is uh, it seems to be the biggest concern for the NHL and the owners to kind of get through or try to compromise with is what are you going to do with these players' families? You've heard Devin Dubnik speak very openly about it. Nick Foligno had a great interview the other day with Pierre LeBron. He said, You're gonna, I'm going to fight somebody if anyone takes them away from my family. So it, it's going to be personal with these families. And to create this bubble for hockey to be played in July and August, uh, I, I have to figure uh, there's got to be some way either they have to include the families or they're going to have to make the, the, the stakes so great for the players that they're going to be willing to step away from their families for four to six weeks uh, to some regard. So I think players' personal lives is going to be the biggest issue moving forward once they have these hub cities um, announced, which we should hear hopefully next two to three weeks, according to Gary Bettman. All right, Joey, just to take a step back into the format, because I wanted to pick your brain on on this format, was... You know, the Blues have the play, not the play, and they have the round robin for the seeding, the top four teams. You know, what do you think is an advantage for the Blues in that scenario? And if there is an advantage and or if there's a disadvantage, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is what do you like and what do you don't like about all this? Well, I think that, you know, there's, there's certainly issues uh, for the St. Louis Blues. The biggest thing I, the biggest thing I like is that they're going to, they're starting it at the one seed um, and they, are basically going to pick up right where they left off. Like, listen, Colorado, I think, was two points behind them when the season was stopped. Uh, they have the ability now to still lose that position. So, really, nothing's changed there. The only thing I kind of guess I don't like about it, Rivs, is the fact that the Blues, as of now, if it stays the same, they're going to have the winner of Winnipeg and Calgary. And that's the eighth, ninth seed. But then you have seeds that are going to fall possibly below them, if that makes any sense. Let's, let's say Chicago. Let's say Chicago gets through this uh, play-in round, and they're going to make this first round of playoffs, right? I, I kind of think there should be some sort of reseeding, if that makes sense, where maybe the one takes on the 12 uh, versus the one now playing the eight or nine. Does that make any sense to yeah, you at so all? Yeah, I totally agree with you, too. You want them to reseed instead of going the traditional bracket format. We actually exactly. talked about that earlier today. I, I totally agree listening with listening to us earlier. It's a great and I think a lot, of, And I think a lot of players, I think that's one of the issues the players are having. I don't think this is a big deal. I think the league and the owners are going to be fine with this. This is going to be something that's going to take maybe a day to get through. And then once the players kind of say, hey, this is the way it should be, that's that to me, that's going to be easily ironed out. Again, I think it's going to be all the personal stuff that's going to take a while. But, you know, from the seating standpoint, I think that that is going to be the one issue. The other issue, which is unfortunate, but you're going to have the Calgary and Winnipeg Jets. They're going to be playing playoff hockey, best of five, possibly best of seven, depending on what they do with this playing round. They still haven't kind of ironed out those details yet. But you're going to have them playing a hard playoff style, possible five or seven games before they play, let's say, the St. Louis Blues, when the Blues are going to be playing, you know, three, for better or for worse, summer hockey games, guys. And I know you can still lose from a spot here or there. Like the Blues could fall to the two or three hole. Probably not the three hole, but let's say the two hole. Colorado takes the number one. But you're playing teams that are really, you're not really playing for much. You know you're going to make the playoffs. So I think that could be a disadvantage too. But to me, there's really nothing you can do about that because of just the way it's kind of laid out. See, Joey, that's the part I didn't like. And I know our listener, listeners are going to yell at me because oh I've heard God. this a million Here times. Go but again. The, the round robin that you're talking about, I... I don't I don't understand why they formatted it the way they did with the incentive that they gave them because the Blues for 71 games were the number one seed in the Western Conference and now they could fall all the way to the four seed if they have a bad three days. Did, did you have any issues with that part of it? You know, I, I really don't because, again, at this point, I don't think it matters for the St. Louis Blues given just 
just I think just a lot of it comes down to who they are, and I don't think they're going to make a big stink about it. I mean, look, you had 29 of the 31 teams that approved of the original one. The Blues could have easily, uh, their rep player up here, the Blues could have easily has voted no to this, but they voted yes. And are they at a little bit disadvantage moving forward compared to what it would have been? Yes, they were. Uh, but you didn't see him gripe. You didn't see him complain. You didn't kind of see him do the old Jordan Martin of thing from Carolina and say, well, we're at a disadvantage. I'm going to vote no. Uh, to me, I think everyone just should shut their mouth at this point and just kind of play on and just do what's best for the league. And I think that 29 of the 31 teams have that right. So I think moving forward, if anyone in the St. Louis uh, market or anyone who's a St. Louis Blues fan is thinks any player or coach is going to complain or GM is going to complain, moving forward, you're absolutely crazy. I mean, look what they did last year. Uh, with all the ups and downs and mostly downs after January, and they just kind of kept battling through it. So uh, is it is it fair? No. Is it fair that Chicago's in? No. I mean, there's so much stuff that's not fair, guys. But uh, at the end of the day, I think it really just comes down to the character makeup of your group, the leadership of the players, the leadership of the coaches. Are we going to focus on the disadvantage? Are we going to focus on how we're not being seated fairly? Are we going to be focusing on how now we're at a clear disadvantage compared to where we were two months ago? Well, you can make that argument, but again, you're just wasting energy. And I don't think the blue team's going to waste that kind of energy. See, Joey, that's the exact reason why I think the Blues have an advantage. And what I mean by that is the Craig Berube culture, the Blues culture that they've created since Craig Berube's taken over has been, we're just here to play hockey and we're here to do our job and we shut our mouths and whatever's put in front of us, we conquer that feat. And I think that right now that mentality is going to help the St. Louis Blues because they're not going to care about being one through four seated here, play this team, play that team. You know Chief is just going to be like, guess what boys, shut up and do our jobs and we win. That's all we do. And so I think that a team like the Blues that has been so focused on just doing their job that it will be to their advantage because they won't be pissing and moaning about certain formats or matchups that present themselves. Jamie, I I couldn't agree with you more. And that's why I still believe that we're going to see a St. Louis-Boston rematch in the Stanley Cup final. You're looking at a Boston Bruins team that has had a core of group of guys together since 2010. They've won some cups. they lost some cups. Look what they went through last year. You lose game seven on home ice. Look how they rebounded this year. I mean, how, how does that happen? Uh, the Boston Bruins are, are a group that understand that adversity. They understand it, and that's why they were leading on the Eastern Conference before this break. St. Louis Blues, same thing. You go through so many tri- trials and tribulations like you did last year. This this is nothing, guys. We're going to come in. We're going to start playing hockey in July, and, and no one's going to be looking around and making excuses or you know wishing it should be done this way or that way. Uh, to your point, like what Craig Berube is going to do, and he's going to get this team ready and established, and I think they're going to make a, a great run at it again in the Stanley Cup Final. And the other thing to, to tailor on what you just said, not only the coaches, but guys, so much of this is going to come down to player leadership. Like, look at this next phase. Coaches aren't allowed on the ice. And I said this the other day. I was on radio station. I forget where I was talking to, but Teams like the St. Louis Blues, when you have guys like Ryan O'Reilly that can police themselves, that are leaders, that grab young guys, that grab old guys, they work constantly at their craft. That's all that's going to happen over this next month. It's going to be players leading the charge. That's why, to me, a team in the East that's going to be very scary is going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins along with the Boston Bruins. Because I remember lockouts with Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin, uh, Chris Letang. Those guys, guys, they push hard. They push so incredibly hard, and they have such great presence that everyone just follows in line. So not only coaching kind of lean the way, but you really got to look to some teams uh, with that really good core of veteran guys that can really lead a charge. Uh, to me, they're going to be scary come July.
Joey, final question that I had for you. The one thing that did kind of stand out a little bit to me that took me a little bit by surprise, honestly, was the timeline of it all. They're now saying it seems like late July, maybe early August is when we're actually going to be on the ice playing games. Is that kind of what you had anticipated? It was about about a month ago. I realized that I think June hockey is uh, kind of not going to happen. I don't think July hockey is going to happen because it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. Uh, it is going to be late. But I tell you what, I talked to a player the other day who I thought a lot of players would be kind of just kind of upset about this kind of format. But he, you know, he brought something interesting up to me, and this is something to consider if you're a player. He said, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate we're playing in July and August. But you know what? I haven't had Halloween with my family, and I, I can't remember when. I can't remember the last time I went to my <laughs> wife's house for Thanksgiving. So, that, I mean, this, these are the months, possibly, if it goes this way, these are the months these players are going to have back. These are memories of school starting with their kids, dropping their kids off at the first day of school. These players miss so much of that. So if you play July, August, a little bit of September, let's say you have a little September, October, and maybe a little bit of November off, that's crucial holiday time, guys, that a lot of these players will kind of like really enjoy too. So, again, it, it does come back to, I think, just trying to finish the year off the best they can. I do think one area that we'll, we'll see, I, I can't see them going – they, they, I can't. I can't see them extending these series as too long, and I just mean that because of the family issue seems to be the big one. And if you make every round seven games, you're talking two, two and a half, possibly three months away if they decide not to bring families along. So if they decide not to bring families along, I think Gary Bett and the league have got to do a better job of tightening these things up. Maybe the first uh, play-ins of three, the best of three, first two rounds, best of five. However, they got to do it. We might need to shorten some games up here pretty soon. He's Joey Vitale. You can hear him on the Play Gloria, the St. Louis Blues run to the cup each and every Thursday and Friday night. Pre-game starts at 6, play-by-play at 7 tonight. Stanley Cup final game number two. Again, you'll hear some added insight and behind-the-scenes commentary from Chris Kerber, Joey Vitale, and Alex Ferrario coming up starting at 6 tonight. Joey, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Thanks, boys. Anytime. Have a good one. Absolutely. That's play. That's Joey Vitale joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Play Gloria. The St. Louis Blues run to the cup is brought to you by Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating. I want to react to one thing that he had to say there. We'll get to the junk drawer coming up at 1 o'clock. But this family issue, families coming into the bubble with the players, it's something the NBA is facing. It's something that it sounds like the NHL is facing. I think it could be a real issue. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Seems to be the biggest concern for the NHL and the owners to kind of get through or try to compromise with is what are you going to do with these players' families? You've heard Devin Dudnick speak very openly about it. It's going to be personal with these families. And to create this bubble for hockey to be played in July and August, I have to figure there's got to be some way either they have to include the families or they're going to have to make the 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 stakes so great for the players that they're going to be willing to step away from their families. With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. That was Joey Vitale moments ago on the show. I, I think this is going to be a fascinating discussion moving forward, Jamie, and a difficult one for these leagues to have with their players, specifically with the NHL and the NBA. Both of these leagues are going into basically quarantine bubbles. A NBA apparently wants to call it a campus environment. It's a bubble. They're going down to Disney World. The NHL, it seems, is probably going to Vegas and maybe Toronto, let's say, right? The question then becomes how many people are allowed to go? 
Is it just the teams? Are the teams allowed to bring their families? How much is available within that family to come? Can it be your wife, your friend, your brother, your mother? How, how many people are actually allowed to be there? All of these things are going to be the next discussion for these leagues. And it, every added person that you bring into these bubbles is an added person that adds risk. Mm-hmm. If you're the NBA and you're going down to Disney World, the heck are these people going to be doing during the day while the players are playing the basketball games? They're going to go stir crazy if they're there for three months and they're just sitting in the hotel room all day long. I can't imagine there's going to be a time when one of them decides, you know what, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go do something today. I'm going to go ride the Dumbo ride. Exactly. What, what are they going to be doing throughout the day? Same thing for the NHL in Vegas. What do you think they're going to be doing all day long? So this is the risk that these leagues take by bringing in the families. That being said, it is obviously understandable why the players would want their families to be there. I don't know what they do here. What do you think ultimately comes out of this? Okay, so here's my angle on it. Um, one, yeah, the players want their families there, okay? Uh, we all, if given the choice, yes, wife, kids, girlfriend, whatever it is, okay, your family, you'd like them to be a part of, certainly a playoff run, no matter how long or how short it may be. My suggestion to the NHL is get these guys situated, no family to start off. Okay, let's let's get through the play-in and the seeding round robins. Let's get through the first round. Let's get to the conference finals. Okay, and if your team qualifies for the quarterfinals or the semifinals at that point, your family goes into a quarantine. So the NHL at that point would have a hotel that they would have set aside for the families and they go into a quarantine. Now, if your team advances, now your family gets added to the quarantine bubble. If your team loses, your family leaves with you. That's just the way it is. I think that the the less people you can have there to start off with this, because everybody's going to be trying to learn what what's the normal. What are we allowed to do? What should we be doing? Let's figure that out with the players only to start with. And then we progress to the families. That's the way I would propose this. That way there, you're not getting guys away from their families for a really long time. But we're also not adding all these different elements of risk or just different elements of whatever right off the hop while you're trying to do something brand new. I wonder if this had something to do with what Bill Daly told us yesterday where he said it's going to be 30 days until we get to the final four teams. Because he said specifically, he made it very specific. He said, with this format that we're going to, we believe we can get to the final four teams Mm -hmm. in 30 days. If that ends up being the case, you're selling essentially to these players, most of them, the vast majority of them. You will not be here more than 30 days without your family. And those of you that are here past that 30-day mark, past one month away from your Mm -hmm. families, you can then potentially, given your plan, bring them into this bubble at that 30-day threshold. You can even have tests, right? Because now your number of... That's the tough part, But it isn't, really. When you're watching things go on in the world and the UFC is testing however many fighters and employees and cameramen and all that stuff, you can't tell me that the NHL can't get testing for just the remaining families of the Final Four. Just that's it. And then everybody stays in quarantine. I know it might be frowned upon 
from it's the probably public. a bad look for like 12 hours but yeah but is it really though like how bad of a look was it for ufc did anybody really give a crap no that's what i'm saying like you lose one new cycle and everybody <laughs> moves forward and there you, you, go. you make it work right so that would be my recommendation is if they could pull that off would to your your point 30 days and then the remaining players would have their families come in into a tested environment and then they can kind of close it out with them we're getting so many texts Are we about what happened what happens for these players if they want to bring their wife and their girlfriends? Well, yeah, that is a good point here, too, from the 314 uh, Air Service Comfort text line. Uh, Jamie, just a heads up, but it's generally not a good idea to have your wife and your girlfriend in the same place. I'm just saying. There's going to be some. Like, it, there are a lot of players that are not married, right? And they've got multiple, multiple girlfriends. And some and guys that are married, huh? you know, maybe <laughs> sure. it's just the way it is. I'm just keeping it real here, bro. The players that aren't married that have multiple girlfriends, I'm going to be fascinated for them to decide which one they bring Ooh, or if they just leave it fun. out entirely. Like, okay, like Vince He's got Dunn, like a bachelor right? decision. Think about this. Vince Dunn, good-looking kid, you know, there's certainly no problem finding a female to go on a date with, okay? It would be fun if he had like a social media, like a lottery Hey, you know, like he plays all the he's girls. He's got like, like a Tinder yeah, where he got, gets to go through lottery. all of the contestants beforehand. And the one girl wins a lottery. Yes, <laughs> I'm will going be to in quarantine. Vegas. It will be in Vegas, so yeah. it'll be easier. Uh, do you remember, it was a couple of years ago in the playoffs, Doug Armstrong, instead of letting the players be at home for home games, put them all up in a hotel. Oh, yeah, we used to do that a long time ago. Because Scotty Bowman want, in Detroit used to do that. He didn't want the distraction. So I'm wondering if the girlfriend asked, but, like, the families is one thing, you know, because Ryan O'Reilly, who has a kid on the way, Carl Gunnarsson, who just had a kid, that's one thing. But I wonder if it gets to the point where, look, and no girlfriends. We don't need a full-on distraction yeah. mode when you get to Vegas. And think about the arguments that would take place oh, in, yeah. that, in, in that hotel room. If, if the girlfriend did decide, I'm going to follow the rules mm-hmm. and not go out on the Vegas Strip while I can literally see it from my hotel room. Imagine how bored she's going to be during the day and what that player is going to be coming home to each and every night after those games. It's just human nature, right? Like I I went through it uh, the first time I got traded. It was just my wife and I, and we were in, in New York. And I'd go to practice and come back, and I was exhausted, wanted to have something to eat, take a nap. Well, she was ready to go out and do something. Like, she's sick of being in the apartment. And so we had a few back and forth about that. You know, I don't want to go out. You you already got to go out. You got to see all your friends. So, yeah, the same issues, those normal everyday issues that we all have will certainly present themselves and and probably be intensified in this kind of an environment. Isn't that the saying that, you know, you know, it's your uh, if you're meant to be future husband or wife, if you go on a trip with them and you can survive 24, 48 hours (laughs) locked locked in a room, room, one of those guys is going to come back from Vegas with their girlfriend saying, "Okay, I guess I got to marry this one because we survived and didn't kill each other. Just like they said about the quarantine situation, you're going to have a lot of babies and a lot of divorces coming up. It's probably the same thing for these players once they get out to whether it be Vegas, Toronto, Orlando wherever they're ultimately going to be staying. It's a fascinating issue. I don't think there's an easy way to go about this because those people that are coming with them, those are going to be the hardest ones to wrangle. Yeah, The players, they've got teammates that they feel like they are obligated to stay in the bubble for them. I've got to do this for my brothers, right? So that way we can go win this cup or win this title. 
those significant others don't necessarily have that same obligation to those people. They don't feel the same way. So if they go leave, there's less on the line for them. It's yeah, it's it's listen, it's going to be distraction. I the first thing I said when this came out was just suck it up, guys. You know, go without the families. And maybe if you get to the Stanley Cup final, you have the families join. I know that it's a, that's a, it's a tough subject for a lot of guys and a sensitive one with their families. And I'm, I'm not saying family's not important, but imagine putting all those hockey players in a hotel. Let's say you got six, seven teams in one hotel. Uh, human nature and past experience tells me that if some player has a girlfriend and they get into a fight that that girlfriend might find another boyfriend at the hotel or that boy you see you know where i'm yeah, headed here yeah, right yeah, like jerry jerry idea. jerry we have a jerry springer show going on in a heartbeat and it'll be one heck of a distraction so there are some risks involved with the uh, the group quarantine watched a documentary on the jenny jones murder oh, yeah. the other day oh yeah Fascinating. Oh, Absolutely yeah. fascinating. I, I wasn't aware of that until I watched this documentary. And whoo boy, that show was wild. Alongside former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. That's Alex Ferrario. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We're going to open up the junk drawer next. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Alongside former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Time to open up the junk drawer. It's 105. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie, what you got for us today? All right, so I uh, was perusing social media last night and came across a uh, workout video of Dwayne Haskins. Redskins quarterback. looks great. Yeah, looks good. Dropping back, firing passes. A couple of lasers um, and passing to one in particular individual, Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So right away I go diving into all this and could they be future teammates? That's the number one thing. And of all the comments coming flying through, is this a sign that the Redskins are looking at Antonio Brown? Now, there were other pros at the workout as well, but Antonio Brown certainly being the polarizing figure that he is, especially lately, uh, working with Dwayne Haskins, does this look like it could be something that happens for the Redskins? There could be. I mean, listen, I, I think Antonio Brown's going to end up playing for somebody. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know what he'll look like when he returns, but I think he's going to play somewhere. The last time that we saw him, he played one game for the Patriots, finished with 56 yards and a touchdown, and was really good for them. It was only one game, but he looked like the guy that we had seen previously. I think sometimes we underestimate just how good Antonio Brown was. He was incredible. From 2013 through 2018, so during his peak years, he had at least 12 1,200 receiving yards every single year and at least eight touchdowns every single year. It's among the best peaks that we've seen by a receiver in the last 20 years of football. So somebody's going to want to take a chance on that. I think they're going to want to see him. They'll get through the full summer. If you're the Redskins, that's probably the team that makes some sense. What do you have to lose? So based on that, what do you have to lose, right? So how quickly are we wanting to overlook some of the problems in the past? Now, to my knowledge, and our text line might help me out here. I don't know. One of you guys might help me out. I have not heard of him being guilty 
of any any of the alleged problems. Now, it doesn't mean he didn't do it. It doesn't mean he didn't settle something. It doesn't mean anything like that. But what I am saying is, does it improve his chances of signing back in the NFL, knowing the NFL is still investigating? I'm reading that here right now. But the fact that nothing has come to fruition out of this, does this help his chances? Or does it actually hurt his chances that they haven't come to a conclusion yet? I think it hurts his conclusion or his chances a little bit, but I don't think it takes them down to zero. I, I think if you're a team that is looking at Antonio Brown, you understand everything that comes with that. And it's why I don't think a team like the Patriots or the Chiefs or some of the teams that are at the top of the contention status, right? The, the Ravens, the 49ers, I don't think they're going to go down that path. But if you're a team like Washington that has a young quarterback and wants to get into contention and you're in dire need of talent on the outside to help your quarterback, that's where I think you could potentially look at a player like that. I wouldn't agree with it. I don't think anybody should bring him in, but talent typically wins out. The way I see it is if Greg Hardy can get a second and third chance in the NFL after what he did, Antonio Brown's going to get another chance. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's continue going into the junk drawer with Jamie Rivers. I'm Brandon Kiley. Let's go into this one. So are you a memorabilia guy, either of you? No. Do you collect things? No. I wish I would have over the years with all the players that I played with. People always give me, you know what, because they're like, I can't believe you didn't get this, 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 this. I'm like, I didn't think about it. At the time, they were just my boys, you know? <laughs> so I have, yeah. a, I have a few things, but it's not like a hobby or obsessed with it. I just have a couple things that I think are cool that I wanted to put up. I like keeping the newspaper from the day after a huge game. So like for Cardinals fans, game six, you, the, the front page of the yeah, newspaper yeah, yeah, yeah. from okay. the following day, getting that framed, right? Yep. I, I'm not a big memorabilia guy, though. Like game-worn jerseys, that stuff, it just it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me for whatever reason. Well, apparently there are other people out there, though, that are huge memorabilia people. To the effect of Elvis Presley's jockstrap Ooh. currently going for 30,000 euros online. You know why they called him the king? <laughs> now... I can't imagine. I'm not, again, not a big memorabilia guy. I can't imagine getting to the point in my life where I say to myself, you know, that rhinestone jockstrap, that's what I need to pay. This would be like $35,000 to have hanging up in my house. Okay. So when you make that joke, you got to follow it up with, so I've heard. No, no, I know. Oh, oh, I know. No, I don't. Now, (laughs) switching gears on that exact thing. So yep. that rhinestone jock strap. Oh, baby. It's Patrick Mahomes. Now do you want it? Ooh. Ooh. You I know mean, I'd be carrying that thing in my pocket all day long. Yikes. I'm just saying. Or would you be wearing it as one of our uh, masks? Oh, oh. You would do need masks right now. <laughs> That's a great point. He would wear That's that as a, a mask. Mahomes jock strap walking around the office here. I, I did a tour at Graceland a couple of years ago and the, lady, the tour guide told us that Somebody wanted to buy the toilet that Elvis Presley oh, died yeah. on. And oh, I yeah. remember the absurd amount of money that they said they dropped on purchase. It. it would be a very crappy. It would be a very, uh, very brown thing to buy and put in your house. <laughs> All right. So. Jamie made it. got himself with that one. Talking. and always laugh at his own jokes. Who doesn't want a death, death thrown in their house? Talking about puns and things like that. Um, ground and pound. What does that mean to you? Uh, UFC. Okay, UFC. Well done. Okay, yes, it is what she said. Now, a hotel in Brazil, okay, 
has created oh, an wow. MMA-themed room for role-playing couples. Yeah, I was Let about me to say just that tell you, different. Nice. Okay. different kind of ground and pound. Yes, this is a full octagon. <laughs> A full octagon around the bed. The bed is round. They even have like workout things outside of it, and um, they talk. About, they have a TV screen in this thing. Do they have like the full get up, the shorts, and the, they have the gloves. A, they have a belt they that the they wear up on the bed. A, a, yes, the fence just, is there. Apparently, just a belt. That's, that's all your. <laughs> apparently, they got something. That kind of room. Okay. Apparently, they have something called the pulser that comes with the room. Yikes! Already, and that sounds intriguing. That sounds dangerous. Sounds interesting. But uh, yeah, so um, pulser. my question to you, BK, um, as you like to travel and go to yeah. Disney World, what would you like to go other places? <laughs> like, can we compare <laughs> Disney World to a, 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 a bedroom well, in Brazil? I was going to suggest. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going Power to jump through. ahead and say, well, you know, maybe future honeymoon, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. all this stuff, right? So what would your girlfriend's reaction be if you walked in and you're like, honey, I got us the honeymoon suite. And you walk in, and it's the UFC octagon sitting there waiting for you. So she wouldn't enjoy it, but if I... If I gave her a heads up on what we were about to embark on, the like adventure... Like tell her to your mouth guard? <laughs> That's what she said. I think then maybe she'd be she'd be down for the laughs, if nothing else. I think I could convince her of that. I want to clear something up here. Uh-oh. Because here I feel like I've been slandered on this radio Why? station. Why? Earlier today, I was listening to Carriker and Smallman, and they were talking about Disney World and how miserable it is. First of all, it doesn't have to be a miserable trip. If you like having fun, you can make it a fun trip oh, by yeah. going to Epcot and literally just walking around and drinking beer and and uh, tequila all day you long. Beer from all the different countries. Hell yeah. Too. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's not you. what you would do if you're four years old. I would imagine it's a little bit of a different trip. Also, I don't just go to Disney World. <laughs> like, I think the morning show is of the opinion that when I travel, I exclude. Exclusively have traveling rights with Disney World. Okay, but how many times a year do you go? Listen, typically two to three. Okay, but that so is, that two is to three a year? A year. So Dang. you're kind of touring yourself here a little bit. My girlfriend has a timeshare down there, and so therefore... A timeshare? Wow. She splits it with her you, sister. You, All right. Okay. We're not, we're, we're, we're not wealthy. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get a whole lot of uh, there's. A, I will say this: there's a salary freeze in the pandemic, so the whole promotion thing. Ribs, I think we're doing radio wrong here. We are for sure. Right? I mean, he's already proven uh, how somebody gets promoted during a pandemic. True. Now he's going to Disney World, and Yikes. you know he's, he's got a timeshare. His budget, you know, he said living at his girlfriend's shared. parents' basement. Yeah, what are, what are we doing here? I think uh, I think the father-in-law now should be starting to collect a little. Rent knowing yeah. that you're going to Disney World two, three times a year. Ixnay on the rente. Alongside Jamie <laughs> Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. That's Alex Ferrario. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, Jeff Passan said something really interesting earlier today that once again throws everything into question. We'll get to that next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. 
think there are some owners who worry that playing is going to cost them too much. They're going to lose too much money and that they would rather just punt the 2020 season. It's a scary thing to hear. It feels like you're focusing just on 2020 and not the repercussions beyond. That was Jeff Passan earlier today on the Rich Eisen Show. Alongside Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. This story from Major League Baseball continues to have twists and turns, and it feels like to me, Jamie, the baseball owners don't understand that this is bigger than the 2020 season. They don't understand that by giving up an entire season of playing your sport, you are also potentially having ramifications for 2021 and 2022 and beyond. Your fans don't just suddenly say, oh, okay, that was fine. We'll be back in 2021. Can't wait to see the Cardinals again. There will be some that say that. There will be a lot that are furious that during a global pandemic, you decided, eh, not that important for us to play the sport. We'll figure it out. We'll play again next year. The owners are being short-sighted here. And maybe some of the players are, too. I don't know. But I hear that from Jeff Passan, and he's not talking about the players might want to just say, you know what, it's not worth it for us to come back. He's talking specifically about the owners. And if that is the owner's viewpoint, that makes me far more pessimistic than I have been at any point over this entire negotiation up to this point. This just, yeah, I'm getting tired of it. I really am. I mean, how much damage can two entities do to their sport. Uh, it's just absurd to me to think that everything we're pulling up, every quote, every every soundbite, every tweet is talking about this battle, this like impasse. Like it's just, oh, the owners won't budge, the players won't budge. It, it just goes back to our point a couple of segments ago. Let's start doing positive things, Major League Baseball. Like, I don't even care if you discuss something so minute that it has no impact on anything. Just agree about it and release a press statement. Hey, the players and the owners agree on only one trash can in the clubhouse this year. A fifth inning stretch and a seventh inning stretch. That's our new rules. Yay, baseball. Let me ask you both this. Let's say, let's say hypothetically, they come to an agreement, but we've seen all the on nasty... what? Uh, in general, like they to come, play, like to we're, come we're back on an agreement that they like play. everything? Yeah, we're okay. back to play. But we've seen the nastiness, we've seen the greediness from both sides. Does that change your opinion? And I'll throw it to the, t- to the text line, too. As a baseball fan, does it change your opinion of the sport because you've seen all of the nastiness? It does for me. Like, I know, look, we're in a situation where, yeah, I'm going to be obligated to watch the game and especially watch the Cardinals. And I'm actually excited to watch the Cardinals because I've become quite a fan in recent years of Cardinal baseball. Now, as a casual fan, yeah, it taints it, especially now. Let's not forget hockey and basketball going to be going on at the same time, boys. Yeah. It's going to be an option. Football is going to become an option. College sports start to become an option. I might be like, man, you know what, baseball? I'm over you because I'm looking a year down the road right now, and I'm seeing another one of these baby fights because you got to redo the CBA and you got to renegotiate. So I'm over it. It, Well, and people are going to have newfound respects for other sports because they've gotten to watch golf because there's been nothing on, so they pay attention to it. NASCAR, as we've heard, BT, betting side of it. UFC, there's more respect for other sports, so 
those options are, you know what? I don't want to deal with this right now. Think about the discretionary income that people have, right? It's gone down right now because of the realities of Mm -hmm. what's going on in the world. So you're going to have less money to be able to spend on the sports moving forward for a lot of people. That's just their, their new reality. And it sucks. I hate it. But that's where we are. And so if we get into next spring, let's say, right? And let's localize this here specifically to St. Louis. And you've got an option of go taking your family of four to one Blues postseason game or two or three Cardinals games. Maybe this weighs on you. Maybe you say to yourself, you know what? I'm, I'm, I hated the way that it all went down last year in the summer. Maybe not, but maybe there's a few families where this is the case. I hated that. I, I was sick of, sick and tired of hearing about them bleeping and moaning all summer long while I ended up losing my job. And now I'm going to take my family to a Blues game instead. Yeah. I'd rather go watch the Blues who made it work and went on the ice, even though they were having to be sequestered in a hotel in Las Vegas while they played their postseason. I'd rather go watch that than the Cardinals in a, in a couple of games. So I I think it definitely has some ramifications for the future, even with where we are right now. That being said, I think what Jamie said is really important. The fact that the CBA is up next year, it's not a one-year thing. Even if they did get this thing done for this season, this is not ending now. There were bigger negotiations about to be on the horizon after next season. What do you think this offseason is going to be like? God, it's going to be all this posturing back and forth Do again. we think that there's just going to be, oh, everybody's going to go back to normal and yeah. the players are going to get the contract that they expect? No, there's going to be back and forth on that. And then there's going to be back and forth on the draft for next year because the owners are going to say, well, we did five rounds last year and it was such a success. And the players are going to say, no, it should be 40 the way that it has been in the past. And we're going to hear this consistently. It's not going to end for the next 18 months. So yeah, I think this has serious, serious consequences, not just for now, but for the future, even already with where we are. Text line agrees. Yeah, text line here is, you know, look, they're certainly agreeing uh, on what we're saying, but I do want to clarify one thing here, is that the players are taking quite a bit of heat for their stance on taking a pay reduction or a rollback, whatever, having their salaries cut in half. That I get it. People are sour about that. If you had a modest job, blue collar job, and you've lost your job or whatever you've had to do during this pandemic, you're certainly not going to feel sorry for these baseball players. I get it. But the same token, we can't forget here that the owners aren't budging at all either on this. It is a standoff with two big entities, millionaires and billionaires. My main takeaway from this, and I've said it for the last couple of days now, is Major League Baseball, figure it out, man. Mm -hmm. Get your head screwed on straight. Figure it out. I want you guys to be successful. I want the players to be able to make money. I want the owners to be able to make money. I want to get this back on the rails where it needs to be. And to do that, guys, get your heads out of your butts and and get to the table and start knocking out little wee things here and there. And let's get to the solution of the money. And, And God, please, please, Major League Baseball, don't carry this in to the next season where the CBA is coming up. You'll just, you're shooting yourselves in the foot. I just remember the NHL lockout and how nasty it got, and I still oh. have friends who said that they were done with the NHL. It took them about four or five years to actually start to want to pay attention to it again, but they were done with it because they were done with all the nastiness of back and forth of something that shouldn't be. From the 636-65780 is the Air Comfort Service sex line. Vince McMahon should go ahead and start the XBL as a result of this. Listen, I, I don't know what's going to happen as a result of this. 
this, but it, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue, not just for 2020, but moving forward as well. He's Jamie Rivers. That's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. The NFL had a, a chance to do something creative, interesting, and fun. And we all know the NFL ain't going to do that. I'll tell you the details next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivs and BK on 101 ESPN. So the NFL had an opportunity earlier today, Jamie, to do something fun, interesting, creative, that would make the game more enjoyable, in my opinion, could potentially end up having more upsets. You got more comebacks during the game. Hey, Saturday, ah, we can't have that. We can't have all of those things that people would enjoy. The owners decided to table the 4th and 15 onside kick alternative. They tried this last year. It failed. They tried it again this year. It has once again failed. I don't understand why owners are so hesitant to make this kind of a change, Jamie, because basically what they're saying, we talked about this earlier in the week, and I was in on it. I, I think you were at least lukewarm at, uh, to, to the idea. What no, I loved it. You, you, you're in on yeah, it. I was all in on it. So the, to explain to our audience that may not know about this, basically what the NFL was looking at is instead of an onside kick, which apparently has like an 8% chance of being recovered. I think it's 7.99. <laughs> of being recovered in today's game with the changes that they've made. Basically, if you kick one, you're not getting it. Uh, instead of doing that, the NFL would allow teams to take the ball at the 25-yard line, their own 25, and you get one 4th and 15 opportunity. If you convert that 4th and 15 opportunity, you continue from there. If you don't convert the 4th and 15 opportunity, then the other team takes over from wherever you got to, right? So if you gain 5 yards on it, the other team takes over at your 30-yard line going in, effectively ending the game. So... It essentially, it puts the game in the hands of your quarterbacks, your receivers, your offense, as opposed to your kicker and your fifth wide receiver who's on your onside kick team. What What is the downside here? What am I missing? Because I, I haven't been able to figure out. Think the kicker is how to say in it? <laughs> Maybe that's what it I'm is. I'm not joking. Like, some of these guys, part of their talents, I mean, you look at Pat McAfee. He talks about it all the time on TV about how important it is to be able to have a kicker who can successfully administer an onside kick. Maybe the kicker's or the players' union stepped in and said, you know what, you're taking away a talent from some of our kickers, so now it broadens the pool of kickers that you can have to just, you know, with a big leg. There's no, you know, feel for it. I don't know. J- Jamie, you have had a lot of great ideas. Earlier this week, you gave an idea of how we can fix the in-game stadium Shh. atmosphere. I got my pee-pee whacked yesterday for that. That's legitimately great. It's legitimately a Not great a good idea. Way either. Oh, really? Yeah. You got in trouble? I got in trouble. Really? Yeah. Can, can we talk about this? No, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's get him in more trouble. No, I basically got the uh, the text and then the phone call saying, shut your mouth, son. 
I said, okay, thank you. Learned my lesson. All right. Yep. 65780 is the air comfort service sex line. This comes from the 636. Literally sounds so intriguing and awesome and an easy change to implement, and it's very frustrating and annoying that they wouldn't want this to be a part of the game. That's where I'm coming from. Somebody else says Kansas City would never lose. I don't know. Maybe there would be a team that would go make it, take it Kansas style. Kansas City? It, well, I mean, just Whatever. because of Patrick Mahomes, right, in the offense. Oh, but you must have wrote that one. I don't. Th- they were talking originally about having a limit of two opportunities per game doing this. I think ultimately they decided don't go with any limits on it, but maybe you start it out. You, you go two opportunities per game with this fourth and 15 quote-unquote onside kick, and then moving forward, you see if that works, and maybe later on you decide that you can implement this full-time, but I don't think there's a whole lot of teams. There aren't even a lot of teams that go for on fourth down whenever it's like fourth and two, much less fourth and 15 from your own 25. I don't think it would be taken advantage of. I, I, I think I think there's something here. I hate that the NFL is not willing to open up to it. I, I also don't think, Rivs, you were far off on that. And maybe I'm crazy with you, but I do know kickers are meticulous about their game. Yeah, I wonder if they had a say in this. I'm telling you, you, you're laughing, but the kickers, the punters who can land it at the one yard line, like those guys like Johnny Hecker, so valuable. Obviously, Adam Vinatieri, the guy that can hit the last second field goal. There's guys that continue their careers on that don't even have a leg to get it 40 yards anymore, but. With a game on the line, a 37-yard of their money, and that's why they're there. There's guys that craft their career just around being able to kick onside correctly for their team. So I, I, I don't think it's that far off, Rivs, of kickers having a say in this. Now, to fast forward it. I do love the oh, idea of the 4th and 15. I think it's a better idea than the onside kick, but I honestly do. I feel, and I'll put my feelers out there. I got connections in the NFL, okay? I will put my feelers out there and find out if the kickers had a say in this. And you if they did, know. I will bring that back to the table. You're darn right. I have you no will. doubt. 65780 is the air comfort service text skippy. line. From the 314, if you're looking for a downside, here's one. Uh-oh. Your defense just stopped an 85-yard j- drive with a fourth down stop with one minute to go in the game, and now you're going to immediately give them the ball again? No, I'm giving them the opportunity to convert on a fourth yeah. and 15. The question is very simple. Would you rather see, what do you think is more fair? Is it more fair to try to recover an onside kick where your kicker is trying to kick it to the other team and bounce at the exact right spot so that way your f- fourth cornerback and fifth wide Wide receiver and third tight end can go down, punish the receiving team, and then go track down the ball. Is it more fair to do that, or is it more fair to have a fourth and 15, which is a low percentage play for every team in the league, including the Chiefs or the Ravens, a fourth and 15 from your own 25 that you have to convert to be able to yeah. continue with the drive. I I think the fourth and 15 is an actual football play with real football players, not including the kicker. Oh, hear that, kickers? Field. You're not real football players. Boy, you just make wow. friends every day, don't Shots you? Shots fired to kickers out there. I would rather see this. We got another one from the 636. Why not test something like this in the preseason just to gauge how well it would work? It seems like a no-brainer to me. That would make a lot of sense. You know where they should test it? The XFL. Booyah, baby. They did. That's where they got the idea from. No, it isn't. (laughs) They didn't do that in the XFL. I think they had the opportunity to. Am I I mistaken on that? I'm totally mistaken. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. I'm just kidding. I have no (laughs) idea, okay? The fact that you just looked at me and go, I don't know. I don't know. I I think that was, if not, I'm pretty sure it was an idea that the XFL (laughs) had. XFL had something. 
they had some other weird setup on the kicks. I don't know if that was one. The I kicks actually were strange no in the XFL, but I, I think it ended up working. And the, the NFL should take a lot of pointers from what the XFL was doing. The Sky Judge is Maybe another not thing. Managing their I like this text from the 573. <laughs> Dramatic. It's rarely tried, but it's badass when it works, the onside kicks. Yeah, but I have to watch a hundred of them to watch like three of them. Yeah, but those out. three feel really good. <laughs> they they all worked for the Falcons in one game, and then they still ended up losing that game. Uh, Baker Ouch. Mayfield, by the way, is suggesting that he's got a new approach for 2020. I'm going to believe it when I see it. I, I'm not going to believe that Baker Mayfield is suddenly going to change the way that he's approaching the season based on what he's done this offseason. I'm not, I'm I not buying he, um, into that. I hope he found that. Fire alarm with the battery going dead. That seems like that was not, that might have been his biggest distraction last year is not getting a good night's sleep at the uh, stadium because that thing kept beeping. So maybe he found a, a, a better lithium battery that goes in there and he's going to play better for us coming up. I wish him all the best. You're talking about his commercials that he does? Oh, that's documentaries. Oh, okay. That's reality TV. Those aren't commercials. Oh, that's reality TV. Yeah, he, he lives at the... See, what he does is he lives at the stadium. He lives at the stadium. I got And you. then, um, of course, he has some problems. That's a big house well, to cover. He needs to separate work life from home life. Yeah, well, he can. It's pretty difficult because he lives at the stadium. So, things are so bad for the Browns right now that Jadeveon Clowney has a massive deal reportedly on the table from the Browns. He's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to decline that. I'm going to figure this thing out. we got a pandemic going on. There's all this different stuff. I'm not getting offered anything from anybody else really right now. Cleveland or year off? I'm good. Yeah, year I'm off. taking the year off. That was reported oh, by Adam Schefter yesterday. That oh. on Cloud, he's just like, nah, I'm good. That's Cleveland's when, not the place that's for That's when you know you just need to throw in the towel for football. Like, your free agent's still out there, and he says, you know what? I think I'm going to sit this year out. Yeah, you have a choice. Sit at home um, or play for Cleveland. <laughs> Wait, you said choice? See you next year. Yeah. I'm going to quarantine. Yeah. Sorry, boys. I'm gonna, I've got a quarantine I'm gonna over here. I'm going to around. <laughs> With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We'll cross things over with the fast lane next. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Alongside former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, who just jumped at me. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Time to cross things over with the fast lane and our old friend. What's up, boys? Buddy old pal, Anthony Stalter is Andy in the studio. Slater. Yes. Jeremy. I miss you. Jeremy? Yes, Andy. What's going on, man? No, not much. How, How are you doing? doing? I hear you're picking fights with people down the hall. No, come on. Yeah. And I don't care how drunk you get, okay? And I don't care how many fights you start. You're there. I'm right beside you. I don't even ask what happened. I'm like, who's getting it? Yes. That's where I'm at. Thanks, man. So I told you guys yesterday, as an unrestricted free agent at 101, same team, I want to, to even it up. To clarify, he's not an unrestricted free agent. Say, he has, uh, he's very much under contract to be on this show. I'm an unrestricted free agent when it comes <laughs> to fighting the Riz show. <laughs> You're They've got five. We've, We've got, got five. five now. Absolutely. Yes. And Let's if they go want to get drunk and punch people in the face. Thank you. There we go. See, Jamie yeah. gets it. Yep. Just flashback to the 90s of Rivers playing hockey. That's a good point. Exactly. Let's get drunk and punch people in the face. Well, was sometimes in reverse, punch people in the face, then get drunk. But <laughs> Usually it's the first one. Yeah, usually. Yeah, that's sometimes. okay. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, guys. You know, the Rizzuto show went on this big old rant the other day mm-hmm. on the point. We love the Rizzuto show. 
You and I, Jamie, you and I have been on it. Love him. Love I those do a podcast guys. with a guy called Jeff Burton. Yes. Yeah. Great guy. Great human being. Let me let me just throw something at you guys, okay? Sure. Which show was it that uh, called Moon an outstanding athlete? I believe that was our show. Yeah. Which show called Jeff Burton an active hiker that cares about his cardiovascular health, his heart health? It's a great hiker, too. Yes. Yes. I just believe a hiker. that was us. That was you guys. Now, which show called Brad Thompson a turd? Mm. I don't think that's exactly yeah. how it was phrased. But well, yeah. They kind of said, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they got there. Um, sweetened it a I, little bit. I've, I've taken dumps that are called Thompson. I don't yeah, know I'm what gonna the actual phrasing was. I'm going to go yeah. have a Thompson. And and no, it, it, was, yeah. it was even worse. I mean, which show yeah. called Ronji a tampon? Well, from Kenya. Fastlane. From Kenya. Which, which I don't understand. No, no it wasn't no. Fastlane. <laughs> it was a Rizzuto show. <laughs> which I don't understand that. A Kenyan tampon. Were yeah. sure that wasn't the fast line? Can we, I thought it, no. It might have been our show. Who knows? Can, can <laughs> I get it? I think, I think it was Carriker and Smallman. It was Carriker and Smallman. It was yeah, apparently they were talking yeah. smack today, too. They were, too. Just, we, just which, on Ranji, though. Oh, just on oh, Ranji. Oh, so they yeah. sided with the Riz show. Wow. So well, see they, that? So then maybe that means... They've just sided against Ranji, frankly. Well, maybe oh. that means Carriker and Smallman are with the Riz show and Ribs and BK programming moving over to the fast lane. We, so, have, to, we have to listen to the audio. Yeah, but here's my question, okay? And I listened to some of the audio from the Riz show and, and them flapping their gums down there. And I love how now it's turned into... Well, we don't want to do a physical competition. Right. Let's do trivia dodgeball. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Right. Well, let's let thumb wrestle instead. Like, this is crazy. Come on. So what are the events so far that well, are taking place? That's the thing. I have trivia dodgeball. We, yeah, we have thrown out. And they said, too, so I'll leave it. All right. Home leave, run derby. Leave it to us to, to think of all the ideas. Meanwhile, we have discussed what we're willing to do. Yeah. Home run derby. Oh, yeah. Soft, softball home run derby. Stalt, stay far away from trivia. Thank you. Stay. I, I, I've been there with you, buddy, and it's not good. No, it's he's very, a, he, He's admitted bad. it. It's bad. I'm terrible. Okay, but we got your back. But dodgeball is you. your strong suit. Dodgeball, we're fine. They brought up dodgeball. Home run derby, you should be the odds on favorite. Like Vegas has installed Stalter at minus 200 already. I'm betting on that. Now, Patrico Patrico can can smash a little bit. I've seen Patrico. Plus 150. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Patrico, I I think, is. Yeah. Blue shots from the blue line. Oh, boy. Rivers no is in. No goalie. No shots from the blue no line. No goalie. Okay. Yeah. Rivers is 12 to 1 on that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm putting all my money on Rivers. You get 10 <laughs> shots, and uh, most goals win. Oh, there we go. All right. I like our probably, chances so probably, far. Probably 10 0. Probably. probably. Maybe 3. I feel like for football, you could do like a field goal, field goal kicking competition. Or maybe you uh, called me the mule back in high school. Maybe some sort of for something else. They did that, yes. I have nothing with, to do with kicking. I'm with Ferrari. I they called they, you the mule for another reason. I think it was non-sports related. Yeah. Football with the tires. What? We could do that. Throwing, throwing the footballs through the tires. But do they don't too. want that, Anthony. No. They don't they want, want do anything. Trivia. They want to do trivia. You know what that tells me? They're scared. Damn right. Uh, they've got fear. We're, you want to do trivia dodgeball? We're in. We'll do it. You guys don't want to do our event, but we'll do your event. Tells me you are frightened. I got it. What if we do the Billy Madison decathlon where you get you get uh, athletic and you get some education in there as well? There we go. Right? No math, though. We actually no math. Yeah, one no, thing that we've that agreed on. Uh, Rizzuto said no math, Radio and I couldn't knows. agree more. No yeah. math. Yeah. No here's, math. And here's the other thing, Kind guys. of a cornhole tournament or, as well. That's no, fine. Yeah, and we can no do that. sending emails either. I'm not good at Group emails. emails. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, we can't take away from that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing here, gentlemen, that I'd like to bring to everybody's attention. Okay. They're like, we're the good guys, right? That's what they're saying. 
We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. They started this. You know how this all started? Thompson got invited to the Riz Olympics, the loser of... Oh, yeah, I did that. They invited me, too. They invited to you. Part of that. Okay. So we're all a tight-knit family here. Yeah. They're inviting certain people from 101. Not everybody, though. Not everybody. So hmm. I said on air, I said, hey, you're doing the Rizzuto Olympics. BT, he's, he's got a pitch to whoever loses their, uh, their contest, right? Yeah. And so I've got BT's to shoot pitching. hockey pucks at them. And I said, okay. So I'm like, oh, I would love to participate in this. I'm a team guy. I would love to. I would love to do this. And BT, I've always said that about you. Thank team you. Guy. Okay, thank you. So no, you haven't. BT brought it up. BT was throwing a little bit of shade, having some fun. He goes, "Well, you can umpire." I, go, I don't want to umpire. I want to. I want to play. I want to do something. What can we challenge those guys in? From there, oh boy, the Rizzuto show called us dumb tampons, a turd, and toilet paper. Still don't understand the tampons. Hmm. That's how that escalated. So we're the bad guys? Really they drew first blood. In my they, opinion, thank you. they drew first blood. Thank you. I feel like it's unfair that they called Barnes dumb. Yeah, I that's, think it's that was really rough. unfair. Is it? Yeah. Okay. We have not once result. We have Did not they really once. call him dumb? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Patrico goes, hey, Brad Barnes. We haven't, we've forgotten about meat. And I'm pretty yeah, sure first of all, they forgot about him. Yeah. I think Moon goes, well, he's dumb. Moon does. Wow. Yikes. And then Rizzuto said, we don't have four brain cells between us or something like that, or four brain cells on life support or something. Oh, for your show? Yeah. For the fast lane? Yes. Wow. wow. So you know what? So we called all of you dumb. We really? may we may have half started it. We will finish it. Maybe that's part of the reason why you do need to do trivia. To let them know that you guys aren't dumb. We no, can send a message. No. Stalter, yeah. Stalter doesn't want to do well, that. We can nominate I'm a somebody. fountain of useless knowledge. I can tell you that. Also very true. Very true. So anyways. Bring that on. Bring it. I'm excited. I'm going down the hall right now. Oh, wait. They're not here. Patrico was uh, chirping at Barnes the other day in the hallway. Was he? Bullying him. We're going to call him up today. should go to Christy in HR. Let's do. That's an HR discussion. You know what? Let's do. HR. You ever seen that over in Russia where they have team fighting? Yikes. It's like UFC, but it's team fighting. They just have a big ring and it's five against five. Throw Let's that, throw it. that in there. Throw Let's that into the that. proposal. That's. I'm going to make sure this sound right now. We're going to Google it. Russian team fighting. That's our first event. I heard you guys also had another bet yesterday on your show. Yes, on taken. Oh, passing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we had two different bets. Oh, the height. I bet Ranji early in the show. Oh yeah. About taken. The movie. The movie. The girls when they went over to wherever they were going. Yeah. Pairs. Friends, friends, yes. Paris? friends. Yeah, I said, I said, well, they're they were following you too. Thanks, BK. On a tour, that's why they went over there. And Ranji said, no, they weren't. No, that's that's in that's incorrect. No, I'll, they, I'll bet you ten bucks. They absolutely were. Yeah, it was you two concert. So I won that one. Passin was the other bet. What was the Passin one? Well, we owe Jeff Passin apparently. They owe the, the previous Fast Lane owes Jeff Passin a bunch of T-shirts. Oh, okay, for coming on the show. And I think BT said to me, like, hey, we need to get on that. What is he like? Uh, is he an XL, large, no, whatever? No, no, Some, somebody he's a medium. Threw, somebody threw yeah. out XL because our shirts shrink. I go, no, he's a he's a large. He's not a, he's not a, a big guy. He's not tall. like five eight, five nine. Okay. Five nine confirmed. Five nine confirmed. How'd yep. you do that? I, I just punched in Jeff Passon and it pulled up five nine. Oh. Yeah, that's 158 a, pounds too. Well, was five five ten was the over under. I took the under. I was the only one that there took you the go, under. Buddy. Yeah, it's definitely under. Five like nine. I, 
I can I can 100% confess. So BTO's, BTO owes me 10 bucks, and uh, so does Ranji. Ranji owes me 20 bucks. That's what you call a win in the afternoon, Stoltz. Thank you. Take it. Stoltz, what else is going up this afternoon? I mean, oh. we've got name calling. We've got bets. What what else could we really ask for? But what else do you have? Well, apparently, uh, the more, our morning show. So we got two morning shows talking, talking smack all on us. Talk smack on me today, too. Did they? Yeah. Guys, calling I'm, me out for my Disney World. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I'm telling you this. Well, we'll address it. We'll address that in the fact. Sure. Okay. Rush this team fight. cannot stand. <laughs> no more. Uh, what else are we doing? Oh, a lot on the uh, the uh, players and the owners and things like oh, that. Yeah, baseball, positive stuff. Baseball. We'll get to yeah. that. Enjoy it. Have fun, man. You guys seemed excited about that conversation. Positive stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Chris Ranji, Brad Thompson, Anthony Stalter, The Fast Lane, next on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN.